Hello, everyone. My name is Paul, and welcome to the Stormkeep. I'm joined today by my co-storm hosts. JJ here this evening. Uh, MJ here. All right. Today we are going to be doing something a little bit uh, more casual, let's say. We're not we're not doing a, a Paul lecture series today. We're just having fun talking about what we would like to see in the Stormcast Battle Tome. We've had we've had this idea for a video for a long time because we just talk about Stormcast all the time, and we always have these ideas for you know what would you do with this army or like wouldn't it be cool if this unit did this or if, if this was a new unit you could add to the army we talk about this stuff all the time so we thought we'd put them all together in a video and uh and just have fun going through it so uh unlike our normal videos jj and ragonk haven't seen the slides on this one uh this they're going into this completely fresh so this will be an interesting conversation piece uh, so just some notes at the start here this is all just our personal opinion we don't have any insider information. Uh, Mergank might. I don't know. We'll see. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know anyone at Games Workshop. We don't know if this is going to drive the design. We're just doing this for fun. We just like talking about this. And this is all based on purely an internal review of the army. So pretending that no other army in the game exists, just what would be cool about Stormcast, right? Just trying to flush out mm -hmm. the army, how we, how we view it. Uh, and we really do like using all of our models like it sucks that i can't find room for vanquishers in a list you know or that um vanguard hunters aren't particularly very useful i would really like to be able to use every model in the book right so that that's my goal personally i don't know about you guys but that's my goal within army is every single model becomes useful in some way that would be the best case scenario and sometimes to do that you just need point changes right i'm not going to get into specifics now you'll see it later in the video uh but sometimes you you need an entirely new ability you know, sometimes units are just so bad that you have to change their rules. Other times you can just tweak some point costs and they become viable. Uh, sometimes an, a storm host gets an entirely new ability, right? Like, <laughs> it's not a surprise that we all think Anvils of the Heldenhammer is pretty bad. So that one might get focused on. Um, and like I said, we haven't looked at these ahead of time. I had to look at them, you know, last minute to put the slides together and everything. So we have something to record, but otherwise we're, we're going into this blank. We haven't talked about this ahead of time. We've just put our ideas together. So starting off, JJ, why don't you run us through these, uh, these general changes for the army that you, that you listed. This has been a while since I submitted these. So, uh, sorry if I don't recall this that much. Yeah. So to start, I mean, one thing that we're always talking about in this word is that, uh, our mobility options kind of suck. Um, so especially with translocation being gone, we just need something to move our units up and give us a little bit more of a threat range. Uh, we do have units like uh, Vanguard Paladors and Vanguard Hunters that use the, um, what's it called, the uh, Ride the Winds of Therapy type ability. Uh, but I mean, honestly, Astral Templars is kind of not that good right now from what I've seen. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, other than that casting needs to be better I think uh, right now the only usage I'm getting in my casters right uh, is to buff units we're not really potent when it comes to um, doing any sort of trickery on the field and even when we're trying to do trickery or trying to buff our units we're super easy to counter or dispel um yeah, it's it's always been disappointing to me that we don't have more offensive-oriented spells. Like, we don't have this big, like, cast value 9, deal a bunch of mortal wounds with lightning kind of spell. You'd think that would fit really it would fit really well in with the, with the aesthetic. 
Especially mm -hmm. with Krondus, right? Krondus has plus three to cast, and the only thing that he needs bonuses to cast on is his own spell, which is obviously designed with his bonus in mind. So, like, it doesn't really yeah. feel like you're getting a bonus to cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I said, we're just super easy to counter against. Like, you'll have this uh, sort of battle plan in uh, mind that you want to move your drag paths forward and start buffing them with everything, but if you're playing against Seraphon, who have the amount of unbinds they do, well, you better start focusing on that slant first, right? Yeah, it's starting to feel like we just shouldn't use wizards. Like, if, if the if the Knight and Cantor didn't have a Dispel Scroll, I probably wouldn't use any wizards in my army. Yeah. That's actually pretty fair. I've like That's how I feel. I feel like we deal with most problems by killing them. Yeah. We don't really, like, counter tricks with tricks. We counter tricks with death. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. like... In 2nd Edition, we had this battalion... Um, God, what was it called? The Grand Conclave, I think? It was a Sacrosanct Battalion that just used a bunch of Arcanums and Encantors. And while they were standing next to each other, they would, like, channel all their lightning together and then get bonuses to cast. And I thought that was really thematic and cool, and I, it's disappointing that we don't have a mechanic like that in this book. Yeah, I agree. Um, actually, yeah, I, I like that ability, too. I actually quite like Cleansing Phalanx. Like, the idea of, like, Secretors and Evocators just, like, working in conjunction together. Um, oh, the battalion that... Uh... When you cast Empower on the Sequiturs, they also got to reroll hits? Yeah. I, I thought that was like... A, yeah, that was... that. Like, all the Sacrosanct Battalions like that were, like, really cool and thematic. Um, and I feel like the loss of that, although, like, I don't regret War Scroll Battalions being taken out of the game, is feel like... Yeah, like, we basically... Our tricks are, we just kill you. <laughs> and we don't yeah. worry about what, what's on your War Scroll. We just worry about what your save characteristic is. But, I mean, let's be real here at the same time. Like, with our new book our units, they do a lot of damage with the stats they have right now. Oh, so for sure. With, with yeah, they're demigods. In, they're proper demigods now. Yeah, yeah, with Fulminators in particular, if you cast Celestial Blades on them, use the Comet Trail, they're going from deadly to overkill very easily. No, agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what we do, we do what really well, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. Like, um, I don't want us to be pillow-fisted and have no tricks. So. Yeah, but, but that being said, like... Uh, but on the note of more reliable casting, maybe give a storm post uh, like Celestial Warbringers or something like that. Some extra potent casting, you know, like that. some sort of avenue like that. Yeah, Celestial Warbringer seems like a natural fit. If we had one storm host that could, you know, once per turn reroll a cast, I don't think that would be overpowered at all. Considering mm -hmm. you can just take a Master of Magic trait to reroll one cast per turn already, it's a really marginal benefit. I think that that would be totally fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, other things. Um, I think we need. Uh, I think it'd be nice to have each storm host unlock some form of battle line option. Uh, we kind of. It almost seems like they were starting to do that, and then they just kind of ran out of ideas, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like they gave up halfway through. They thought of some really cool ones, right? Like Tempest Lords with Prosecutors. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dracots and Hammers of Sigmar are pretty cool. But then they're like, "Well, what do we do for for Celestial Warbringers?" And they just shrugged and and left it there. Yeah. And yeah, then, I think Sacrosanct Battle Line for Celestial Warbringers would have been really nice. I don't know what Anvils would have done, but Celestial Warbringers supposedly has the most number of Sacrosanct Chambers, so. Sure. Uh, then just one note in terms of models I want to see eventually. I want to see Lord Commander Gardas, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I have a question about this one. Um, do you want to see, like, a new Gardas so you can use old Gardas alongside new Gardas? Uh, or would you rather have, like, this replaces the current Gardas model? I guess it's not really related to this uh, army. It's more like a general question of how would you like to handle storyline progression and characters being represented through models? 
Um, I mean, realistically, what I want to see is a new sculpt, but in terms of rules-wise, that's a good question for me. I think it makes sense just to have him get a new set of rules. Okay, because it, it is a new model, and it is cool, so I don't want to see it go away. Maybe they could do something like, if you have this Gardas, you can't use the other one. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, oh, well, yeah, that's fair. What I'm more so saying is, um, I'm not expecting a Lord Commander Gardas anytime soon type thing. Obviously, we want to get mileage out of current Gardas, because he is a Chad. So oh, he's so good. Use him before he gets nerfed, folks. Like, yeah, abuse him. He's so strong. Yep. Yep. And he's fun, too. Like, it's fun to play a Castle Gardas list. That, yep. For you, not for your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Ragonk, you had just a couple notes here in the general. I, you gave me, like, a big document, and I had to sort out based on how okay. I have this, this structured. So, you know, don't go too in-depth. Just stick to what's okay. on the slide. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so I'd like to see Cycle of the Storm redesigned to essentially be, like, a discount version of Indrasta's ability. Um, Basically, an Arcanum basically targets like a Paladin or like a Redeemer unit and then brings a model back, or like a Raptor or anything that is three wounds or less. I think that's like, it's not that broken. You know, Andrastra already does like that in a, an aura, and targeting my unit and being able to do that would not be broken at all, in my opinion. Uh, the second thing I want is, yeah, Prosecutor Primes get extra attacks on special weapons. It's odd that they took that route and they took it away. It's not like we have any attack buffs or like huge amounts of buffs that we can really make Prosecutors troublesome. Um, yeah, I don't I'm not, understand. I'm not ripping the arms off my guys. Yeah, it, it's 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 just weird that they went that route. I mean, I, I get guess why because like the instructions in the instruction booklet like has you building the prime with a hammer and shield. Really? That's the only explanation I can think of. Yeah. Oh man, I see the explanation I I thought of was that um I never checked the instruction booklet, but I remember that there's specifically a prime hammer hand, right? Like there's a there's a sculpted hand that has the prime gauntlet. And because, yeah. like, and I assume that's the only reason they went with it. But I didn't know the instructions yeah. actually tell you to use it. Yeah, when when you build a prime, it doesn't have you building it with a grand weapon. It has you building it. So I'm like, okay, that's probably why they did it. That's so, because, the worst reason for anything I've ever heard. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I want that to go away. Like, that just seems silly that he that prosecutors would be the exception to, like, literally every other captain or captain, or sorry, sergeant unit in the game. Um, and as far as new units goes, I would really like a dual-wielding berserker. I know liberators can currently like sort of be be like that. Like you can build celestial indicators, and you can build like dual sword or dual hammer uh, liberators. But let's be honest, liber nobody's taking liberators to deal massive amounts of damage. I want like a true sort of stormcast, like dual blade wielding sort of blade lord kind of unit that is. Uh, just like chopping people up and maybe, maybe, you know, they have a four up save or maybe even a five up save, like maybe like they can decrease their save to a five up or something and get a lot of attacks when mm, they go in. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, the uh, celestial vindicators used to have um, abilities like artifacts. You could, you could add one to your attacks, but you have minus one to save rolls. So I'm picturing mm -hmm. like basically liberators, but with uh, you know how like the ordinator has like buff arms and you can see them picture like mm -hmm. bare arm liberators right maybe they've been reforged one too many times and they're like on their last legs and they're like okay this is it for me like i'm going out yeah so yeah bas basically they have sort of that opportunity cost where you can like reduce their save characteristic for a bunch of attacks um and lastly i'd like to see like a stormcast dreadnought like we keep hearing about like all these stormcast souls that are becoming like way too dangerous because you know they've been reforged so many times and they're becoming more like golems so why not like put one in um 
like just like a giant like golden like body like so, sort of like annihilators but I, i'm aiming more like in terms of like the size of necropolis stalkers from obr you know 50 millimeter base and just they just like lumber around the battlefield just like killing things yeah hey, so, you know, especially because nagash has a couple good ideas now and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, now that especially now that grungni is working with sigmar i feel like that should not be far off like mm, yeah like a like a golem that has like a crossbow in one hand and a giant mace in another you know on a 50 or 60 millimeter base i feel like that'd be a cool unit just don't even give him hands just give him hammers where the, like yeah. from, from the elbow up is yeah, just a like- hammer Yep, kind of like the Gosses are harvester doesn't have hands. He has like those two hammers. He like lumbers around on basically. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, I forgot about that. Maces. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Just, just harvester, but a stormcast. Yep, <laughs> that'd be sick. Yep, that's all I have. All right, I went. I went a little crazy on the new units because I I've been thinking about this for a long time and it was good to finally put it all down. Uh, so general changes like like JJ like you said, every stormcast needs a battle line choice from a game playing perspective. That just feels right, you know. Either like two of them get a choice or all of them, but not like what what are we at? Like five or six get get battle line choices right now? Just make mm-hmm. it all of them. Um one, two, three, four. Yeah, at least four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, just make it all of them, you know. And I'm sure we can we can think of some cool ones as we go through this video that would work for for all of them. Um mm-hmm. I also am not happy with how Cycle the Storm works right now. <laughs> it's a really bad ability. And my idea was a little different than yours. I like yours a lot. Um my idea was make it work like the version from before the errata, but only once per game per Arcanum, and a unit can only benefit from it once per game as well. So if you have three Arcanums, they can all use their ability once each to save a unit from infinite damage, right? Um, but then mm-hmm. the unit that it's used on can never get that ability again, right? So you can't like save a same Star Drake three times in a row with the same uh, with three different Arcanums, right? I think that would okay. be fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, a lot of our units I mean, because, have really... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, because uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I'm sure people have seen what the new um, uh, mount trait for Griffins in Seed of Sigmar is. It basically stops... The, it Basically, when they die on a two-up, they get back up. And it only happens to them once per game. I think something like that, once per game, yeah, it wouldn't be broken at all. Yeah, you know, you even make it a two-up to activate or something, right? Like something reliable mm-hmm. but not guaranteed... Um, that way you're, there's always a chance for failure because it is a dice game, right? So that that could be another um, restriction on it because maybe it was too powerful before and maybe we can bring back the flavor and cool factor of it without breaking the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last general change I want to see is a lot of our units have really big bases and they don't reinforce well because they have one-inch attacks. So I want to see three-inch cohesion. It's a really cool concept on drakes and prosecutors and I'd like to see it on units like Dracolines. I think that would make them a lot better and more viable. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I bet you we're going to see that with the uh, Nurgle flies pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're a prime candidate for it. They've got these huge bases, and you definitely want to bring them in squads of six. Mm-hmm. So new units. I've been kicking these ideas around for a few years, and here they are. Uh, first one. When I saw the ballista back in Soul Wars, my first thought was, okay, so where's the the steam tank? Where's the heavenly cannon? Right? Where's the thing <laughs> that just belches lightning across the table? And it still eludes me. I still don't have that, which is quite frustrating. Uh, really like that concept. I feel like we don't have enough war machines. You know, we got the ordinator and the ballista, and that's it. We need more of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and, I, you won't find me disagreeing. And then I, I really like the idea of like a an inquisitor infantry that's like really priestly, and they use like picture the the Lord Exorcist except with like heavy weapons instead of being a caster. He's a melee focused guy, 
I just want that as a unit. They just go around and messing up wizards and, and priests and stuff. Do you... Do, I, I can't remember or recall exactly. Aren't, like, seculars sort of like the Inquisition, like the Sacrosanct Chamber? Aren't they the Inquisition? I don't know. I know they're the, they're the Redeemer units in the Sacrosanct, right? So they're like right. the shield wall, the front line, the, the get in front of stuff, and they channel magic like a minor form of magic. They're not full-blown wizards, but they can channel yeah. magic into their into their weapons and shield. And so can the Cascaders. Right. The Cascaders also channel magic, which I think they just... I think they still have that ability in 3rd edition, but nobody uses Castigators right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I guess like a proper Inquisitor rent new unit would be, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like picture Praetors, but they are Inquisitors, right? Oh, like like a, okay, like a, like a Witch Hunter squad. Yeah, I, yeah, I get you. exactly. Yeah. Instead of protecting heroes, they go around sniping wizards. You know, give them crossbows, give them uh, stakes and things like that. That would just be cool. I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And I think then, we're more likely to see that in COS, but yeah, I get your I get your point. Yeah. If we didn't have the Veritant, I wouldn't even think about it. I'd think, yeah, just keep that as like a Cities of Sigmar thing. But you know what? We're just we're stealing everything from cities. They're <laughs> we're just robbing the grave here. Uh next up, I want to see like a big heavy war beast, right? Because like everything in the Stormcast is really lean and muscular. Um there's nothing like just thick, just a huge mass on the table, right? You so I think like I want a war hippo, man. That's what I want. Yeah. And and then like you could put either like a hero on top of it who could be, I don't know, he'd have a really big lance or something, or you could uh, have some artillery on top of it. Both could work. Yeah. I think that would be cool. And you can even have like smaller versions of the hippo. Like let's say you have like a big hippo as a centerpiece and then uh, you have like rhino cavalry, you know, like really like picture annihilators on mounts. How sick would that look? Yeah. Well, what would the model size be? I think two because just... They're just, that just good. one, just one, <laughs> just one. Okay. Yeah, can't be reinforced. Single model. It's a, it's on a chariot size base. Just one model. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of chariot, I want to see like chariot heroes. I used to play Tomb Kings back in in Warhammer Fantasy, and mm. I want to see a Stormcast chariot hero. I don't know why they missed that opportunity. It seems so obvious. Yep, definitely. Like a Lord Celestin Bond chariot. Oh, yeah. Put them in Thunderstrike armor, see what that looks like. Yeah, oof. Major uh, Rome vibes over there. I don't like that. That'll be sick. And I want to see a Lord Commander for every Storm host. I, I know people are going to complain that, oh, it's too much like Space Marines with their Primarchs. Like, I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't want, like, individual units from every Storm host. I don't want to see uh, five different Stormcast books within the next five years for different Storm hosts. I just want at least one special character for each Storm host that we got. So let's be real here. How wicked are the Primark models? They're pretty sick. The 30k ones especially are fantastic. Yeah. They really capture like the essence of, of each chapter. And I just want that cool factor brought over to the army that we play. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I would feel about Stormhouse supplements. I feel like that'd be, yeah. I think that's a bit too far. Um, yeah. But it, and I would like this for every subfaction in the game, by the way. I think subfactions not having their own unique character is really lame. Every subfaction should have a unique character. Mm. And, and it doesn't and it doesn't have to be like Gardas where it completely defines it. It could just be like an aspect of it that it's really good at, you know? So maybe like if they were to do another named character for the Hallowed Knights, it could double down on only the faithful. And it could be like when a unit is using only the faithful. Um, it gets double its normal attacks or something. Uh, not balanced, obviously, but like 
just it's just an idea. So it's Gardas would be the defensive one, and this other guy could be the offensive one. And I feel like they don't tend to do that for uh, a lot of other factions because it's like if you look at like OBR for instance, there's quite there's like three uh, unique characters by now, and none of them are like any other but Mortis Praetorians because like Mortis Praetorians take up most of the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Let's see some other stuff, man. I want to see every sub faction in the game have some amount of relevance in the story and in and in gameplay. Mm-hmm. All right. So then. Uh, I want to see a devoted to Sigmar auxiliary, auxiliary chamber. It's a hard word. Um, so this would just be like, like the flagellants from Cities of Sigmar that they cut for no reason. I want to see that as an auxiliary chamber for Stormcast, not as part of Cities of Sigmar. I want it specifically to be like mortals that want to prove themselves to Sigmar, that they are worth reforging, right? So they go on these crusades and they're willing to fight and die and just hoping that they get reforged. So you can take like all those cool units from Warhammer Fantasy and mix them in with Stormcast, and it would create instead of just like an army of of high power, how, like power armor and power weapon dudes, you'd have normal dudes sprinkled throughout it, you know. And I think that would be really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I would like that. And I really love the old uh, War Altar of Sigmar, so I'm thinking they could bring that back as like a new revamped version of it, where instead of having this this weird statue. It's like a chained up lightning geist, you know, like when Stormcast get reforged too many times and they go a little wrong and crazy and then the Sacrosanct have to go round them up. But the, they've described that in the books as, as a lightning geist, which is just like a lightning soul flying around messing stuff up. So I would love it if you could just chain one of those things on top of a platform and then these like borderline suicidal devoted Sigmar are pushing this thing into battle. That would be a sick model. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. Honestly, if I look at the art for the Dawnbringer Crusades, that might very well be a possibility. Yeah, I'd love that. They're hauling in the art. Uh, let's see. I also want to see the, the Prosecutors, like the Angel Dudes. Those are my favorite, period. And all the Stormcast, everything with those wings is my favorite model. So Celestant Prime, Prosecutors, everything else. That's that's the order. So I just want to see more dudes like that. So what if we had like heavy armor angels? Hmm. Ooh, I'd like that. Like a unit yeah. of two, like Morgast kind of, kind of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, a really elite thing like that. Um, could go the opposite direction. You could make like a heavily armored ones, right? Like a Redeemer Prosecutor unit, because we've seen Angelos. We know they're a light skirmisher. We mm-hmm. haven't seen uh, like Extremist would be cool. Yeah, an Extremist, Extremist. Prosecutor. I could even see Sacrosanct Prosecutors. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, you'd have the robes flowing down, and you can have parchment yeah. and everything coming out from them. That would be sick. And then the last thing I really want to see is I want to see more Vanguard units because they have probably the second best aesthetic in the entire army, which is like mm-hmm. trackers and rangers. They've got like pulleys and, and hooks and everything all around them. Like they're ready to, you know, they're roughnecks, right? And I would like mm-hmm. to see a Vanguard Redeemer unit because I really like the Fire Slayers and they have these sling shields that they throw at the enemy. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of idea would work really well for Stormcast too. Like a light shield, like something you can, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they can just dispose of it once they get into melee and then pick up a second weapon. Yeah, it's like those small shields that gladiators used to have. Yes, like I can see that. yeah, like a buckler. Yeah. yeah. That'd be sick. All right, MJ, we're talking about enhancements now, so we're back to gameplay here. Run us yes. through the changes. Oh. Oof, I hate our command traits. That's the general... <laughs> Mood hate is such page. a strong word. 
Yes, I do hate them because like, I just, they just, oh my God, they're like the most niche of the niche things. But anyway, let's get started. Shock and awe was always like not that relevant, even when it was just part of our allegiance ability. And I don't know why they had to like make it even more irrelevant by making it a command trait. But it should, if they're going to do that, if they're going to say, okay, take this command trait and, you know, there's an opportunity cost to it because you're not taking something else, then I want it to last till the end of the turn. Or something like a cool thing would be at the end of the, to the end of the battle round. And the reason I say end of the battle round, because then it would have this like cool little game thing where you don't want to, to make the most use of it, you really do want to go first. And you want to drop at the top of a round so it lasts like till your opponent's turn. So that, that'd, be, that'd be really cool for like an alpha strike, like an eyelitter list to have. Um, Staunch defender, I just want Shilas of Lissolation trigger automatically. Like you shouldn't have to roll like a three up for it. Like it should just be like, if you're holding within 12 of the general, Shilas of Lissolation just triggers when somebody charges you. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that would be too strong. Yeah, and uh, Celestial Menagerie, we already talked about this like previously and even on like Warhammer Weekly, but yeah, I think Hero Monsters, because I think it punishes things like the Tolerant and the Knight Draconis for no reason. Um, Onway of the Heavens, uh, I think it lasts right now till the end of the phase. I want it to last till the end of the turn. So it's like, you know what I mean? Your opponent really has to like consider if they they have some shooting, it's like, oh, if I shoot this Vindictor block, like 15 Vindictors, I might end up giving them a two-up save in combat. So do I want that before I engage them or no? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, I think that that would so the, it would still these would still be like niche abilities. I'm not sure it would still still be played, but it would make them like useful enough to where I'd consider playing them. Envoy um, would be really good. I would I would take this envoy. I think well, just you know, given how bad our other command traits are, I would pick envoy right now. So yeah. Um, and then finally, um, we have uh, I just want a new artifact, maybe like. This could be a Stormcast artifact. It could also be just like a general artifact. Rosary of Faith. Make something a priest. Make it like you can do one prayer with it. I don't think that'd be broken at all. Arcane Tome already exists. I don't think the ability to do prayers would be too bad. I mean, yeah. I'd rather have it be a Stormcast artifact because not every book has prayers in it. You know? Well, like there are universal prayers. Yeah, yeah, there are universal You're right, yeah. And it's like, when you look at, like, corn, corn would make use of this, too, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because there's no... Corn like, can take an Arcane Tome, right? They um, no, so it specifies you can't use. Oh, how does that work? I remember looking into this. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, you could. Yeah. There's universal prayers, right? People use curse, people use heal, and people use guidance. So I think that mm-hmm. would be a good artifact. Yep. Could be universal. Could so, be just stormcast. Yep. So that's that's basically what I want. I want rosary of faith because I feel like I feel like more than our spells, like like you said, like if the Nine Encanter didn't have the Dispel Scroll, I probably wouldn't take the Wizard at all. But I do feel like our prayers are really, really good. So I want to take two of them, but I just don't find the space for them. But I totally take this artifact over like Arcane Tome on my Imperitant if I could. Yeah, I would too. Divine Light is really good. Bless Weapons mm-hmm. is really good. Even just having another translocation would be really good. Yeah. And and the only model that really has very reliable prayers is the Lord Relictor, who's already a priest. So I don't think this would be as powerful as adding a Relictor to your army. Yeah, agree. So I think armies would still take the Relictor, and then they would find room for a second priest prayer somewhere. Yep. And then the enhancement to get extra prayers becomes a lot better. Mm-hmm. It makes, especially with things like, uh, like even Guide, like Guide or Curse, I think. Not bad. Pretty good prayers. Mm-hmm. Curse on when you get curse on something and then attack it with fulminators, it goes from overkill to overkill plus. <laughs> yep, agree. Like curse would, I want to say this like 
and we'll discuss this when we get to War Scrolls, but it's like, Curse would make Vanquishers good, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. If uh, if they had the hit six Mortal Wound thing, it fits yeah. with the idea of them like de- you know, decapitating people. That mechanic's always been done as like, if you roll, hit, roll six, you do a Mortal Wound, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for them to have that. Yeah. So it'd be like really nice to just pair a bunch of uh, Vanquishers with the uh, Curse ability. So Yeah. That'd be cool, man. I, I would definitely stick that on a Torlon. I would stick it on a Knight Draconis. Maybe even a Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Drake. Yeah, even a, yeah, even a Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hope we get it, man. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be in the next Battle Plan Pack. Battle Pack? Whatever they call it. General's Handbook. No, I don't even. <laughs> uh, so I had some similar ideas to you. Uh, my first one, I also opted to... I opted for a complete redesign of Shakana. Instead of being minus one hit, I made it that you just can't be picked by a missile weapon until the end of the turn. Because one of my okay. big beasts with Shock and Awe is that before, minus one hit was, okay, it was only for melee. And now that we have Unleash Hell as a thing in the game, it's, uh, it feels like, okay, but that's already minus one hit, so how much value am I really getting out of Shock and Awe? It's just for the melee. So if you're going to make it a command trait, if you're going to make it really niche, if you're going to have all these stipulations like the general has to be on the battlefield, yeah, it's only for that one turn, just make it complete immunity to shooting weapons until the end of that turn. So no Unleash Hell... Um, no abilities that activate shooting in the combat phase, like for example, if you're fighting a corn skull cannon, none of that stuff. I think that is a lot more interesting. Huh. I actually like that. Like, yeah, you can't unleash hell on this unit if it landed this turn. Yep, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Staunch Defender, I went a bit of a different direction than you. I just don't like the ability. <laughs> I just, I don't <laughs> care. Shield of Civilization doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, it can be good if you stack up a bunch of dudes together and then somebody charges, whatever. I I just don't care about that. I would rather see um, in Broken Realms Marathi, they had a battalion where if you used I think it was uh, Retributors, then they got the same ability that the Liberators got. They got the Shield of Civilization ability. So I thought, bring that back. Just if you have a Stormkeep Paladin unit, it gains that ability as if it was a Redeemer. So it would count as three models on an objective, and it would uh, have the the charge ability, shield, that does D3 mortal wounds. Huh. Yeah, I like that. That's, and it, that's pretty interesting, yeah. And I don't think it would be overpowered, because Stormkeeps cannot use Signs of the Storm to put Grand Hammers into play. So this is really yeah. an ability that's for foot-slogging paladins, which makes them more viable outside of Signs of the Storm armies. So I really don't think this would be overpowered at all. Because by the time Retributors get up to an objective, it probably is going to be round three by that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, four-inch moves, good yeah. yeah. You're, you know, you'd have to banner them, you'd have to translocate them. Um, but the fact that you have to do that and you're not doing it on a different unit might be enough to keep it in check. But it seems better. I like stuff that opens up list-building opportunities, so I like that. Envoy of the Heavens, I had the same idea. Lasts until the end of the turn, until the end of the phase. And Menagerie, same idea. Hero Monster instead of Behemoth. These seem like really simple changes that they could implement tomorrow if they wanted to. Um, yeah, it's not even. It's pretty obvious that it wouldn't be even be like broken or anything. Envoy might legitimately be broken. It could. Because if... Uh, it could be broken, yeah. Because if you're trying to whittle down a unit and you have like a mix of... Let's say your army is like 60-40 in terms of melee and shooting... All of a sudden, mm-hmm. that shooting turns into a liability for your melee. So it could be too strong because of how much armor stacking we have, but I'd rather see how strong it ends up being instead of hoping it doesn't. Would you say, okay, I'd like to say it's not too strong because then you would make sure instead of like trying to whittle something down piecemeal, you would try to just like kill it in one swing. 
Yeah, maybe you'd have to put like some limitation on it that only one unit can benefit from it at a time. So that yeah. like units could so the enemy could play around and be like, oh, I'm gonna kill a model over here. Do you want to activate envoy? No? Okay, then that unit can't benefit from it. Like you get one chance to activate it per turn, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah. that sounds that sounds like a good way to balance. Um, and then I went through our artifacts because they're mostly junk, like really bad. Yep. Right? Like just yep. horrifically yep. awful. So I thought, okay, well, let's make them actually useful. Blade of Heroes, instead of just re-rolling hit rolls against heroes and I think monsters too, it also re-roll wounds. Suddenly, that's a really, really huge boost to your accuracy. Accuracy, um, But none of the generic Stormcast heroes are punchy enough to even take advantage of this, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, I, I don't think... Yeah, not, it, like, other than maybe... Unless you want to take uh, Star Drakes or like Celestin on Drakoth. Well, that's like the most if, punchy. If it affected the mounts, yeah, but no. It, it, oh yeah, it doesn't. The, the Lord Celestin yeah, on yeah. Star Drake has pretty bad attacks. Three attacks, uh, rent two, I think three damage a piece, or two damage mm-hmm. a piece, something like that. Like it's not great. Yeah, but it's our, not. Yeah, none of our heroes are like scary or have scary amount of attacks, or none of our uh, non-unique heroes anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all the ones that are good fighters, like maybe Lord Celestin on foot. Is a, is a good fighter, I would say, which is ironic. Um, yeah. Lord's Listed on Drakoth is okay, but they're not as good as just bringing units, right? So there's no point. Um, Hammer of Might right now, it activates on wound rolls. Make it activate on hit rolls. Like, is that really broken? <laughs> it's, it's so it's such a... Yeah. It's, it, it, um, it, so it, here, here's, what, here's what I think. Like, I think in general, they need to move away from hit rolls, activating a bunch of effects like this. Like in general, like okay. I think, like Luminath would be way, way more balanced if the mortal wounds were on wound rolls. I hear that, but this is like an artifact that affects non-punchy heroes, right? And the opportunity okay. cost is you're not taking the Blade of Heroes and you're not taking the Fang of Dracothian, which frankly I like a lot more. Um, I just wanted to make this better. Like if you ended up picking this artifact, you wouldn't feel like a complete moron because <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, man. Okay, yeah. It's so yeah, bad right now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. Fang of Dracothian, I thought, let's just throw out the design because it's it's so bad and you have to keep track of it and it, it's just bad. Um, so I thought, let's redesign it. And I made it so that no bonuses to save rolls or ward abilities are allowed against this weapon. So the only thing your opponent has is their naked save. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So it doesn't increase your rend, right? It, it, it does cut through wards, which is good. But if you're fighting a unit, they might not necessarily have either of those. Right, so it, it is a situational thing. Uh, granted, the situation is pretty common right now because everybody's stacking save rolls and everybody has wards these days. But if the actually it shifts, wouldn't be that broken. Are you aware with the null myriad of the what? Are you aware with so Osir uh, Bone Reapers have this subfaction called? Oh null yes, myriad. yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's I had that idea. Yeah, go ahead though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the exact idea. You just don't get save rolls against attacks yeah. made from that weapon. So this is a little bit worse because you still get your save. Yeah. This is just no bonuses to save rolls. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, Drake scale armor, I made it so that... I, it's like the errata I've been talking about. Just make it activate on any damage other than one. That's not even an, a buff or nerf necessarily, just a clarification on how it should work, I think. Because the yeah. fact that it, it does or doesn't operate on D3, depending on where you are in rolling your saves, it's just dumb. So just make it clear. Any damage characteristic other than one. Is it D3? Okay, you get to reroll. Because that's not one. Yep. That I agree with. I don't know why they would leave that ambiguous. Like that. The Amulet of Silvered Sigmarite. I made it also so that your opponent can't reroll wounds. 
pretty simple. Right now, just your opponent can't reroll hits against you. Uh, that's being phased out of the game, it seems like, based on the first couple battle tones we've seen in third edition. So I don't even know how strong of an effect this would be. But if it's just make it more useful. It's so niche uh, already. Make it more useful. And then I, I, I really don't like the Thunderous Presence mount trait, which is uh, Knight Draconis only. Instead of doing a Rampage on a 3-up, you can pick a unit, and then that unit can't get any commands in the Battleshock phase. So that's super niche. I think we could just replace it with something a lot more fun. So I made this one here. It's called Pack Leader. It can only be taken by a Griff Charger. And what it says is, while this model is on the battlefield, friendly Stormcast units can add one to the attack's characteristic of any melee weapon with the word Beacon Claw in it. So that's the Mount on the Aquilor, the Arcanum, the Imperitant's Dog, the Varentin's Dog, the Castellan's Dog, Aetherwings, surprisingly, uh, the Chariot Mount, the Palador Mount, Griffhounds, and even the Longstrike Alpha with his little Raptor. All of those would get plus one attack if you took this trait. Wow, okay, yeah, I like that. Feels like Draculines with uh, the pack alpha trade. Yep, pretty much exactly the same thing, except for our bird buddies. And I think that would uh, open up a lot of room for Aquilor and Palidors to really shine. Uh, chariots get a little damage boost. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That's, that's actually pretty... Uh, that sounds fun. That sounds neat. Be a new playstyle for sure, just popping out all over the place. Yeah, I think it would... Um, I think having to invest resources in making mediocre units strong is fine, right? Like taking a unit from like good to great, if you invest resources into it, I think that's a fine thing for a game to, to have. And that's kind of missing right now from our battle tone. Like our, our base strength is almost 100% in our war scrolls. Yeah. All right, uh, Mergonk, you had two storm hosts here you really focused on. Let's run through what you wanted to see. Battleline Evocators for Celestial Warbringers. Uh, we already discussed how we want Battleline options for every Stormhost. Um, I can agree with that, but mainly, like, it's sad to see, like, Evocators sort of being, like, this Paladin unit that don't really have any space to make them Battleline, whereas that seems like the big push that they made in this book to make all the quote-unquote Paladin units, like Fromenators and other, like, Retributors and so on, on Battleline. So I feel like this would just be a really easy fix, and it's a pitch battle profile fix. They could do this like in December if they really wanted to. Yeah. No, the um, fact that it's a pitch battle profile thing makes it, I think, really likely that it could happen. Yeah. No and more this scroll would, changes required at all. Yeah, and this would like automatically like open up a lot of options, like being able to just take. And I, I mean, I, I do think like evocators are slightly overcosted, but like being able to take them as battle line and not having to take that redeemer tax with it, um, I think it's. It, I think it would be really, really good. Um, and. As for Andals of the Elden Hammer, I just want Deathly Aura to not be like wasting people's time. Just like, like a real ability, other than being please. bad. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like a waste of time. It's just like oh, great now I'm engaged across four fronts. I got to roll like four like eight d six to before I can like start combat. Like no, that's just like why am I wasting people's time like that? So just make it so like you pick a unit at the start of combat and that unit gets scared because Andals are really scary with their death masks and that unit has a minus one to hit. Yeah, it's not even that broken. Like come on, it's like a pseudo roar. And when you think about it. Yeah, so. beautiful. Uh, pretty much right on the same page with you here. Uh, let's start with my thoughts for Hallowed Knights. I think it would be really cool if the Hallowed Knights had Battleline Praetors. Because the Hallowed Knights are all about martyrs and protecting their heroes. And they've got this crusade vibe. And Praetors are very uh, like imperial. They follow around their heroes. I think this would be a natural fit. Um, 
and I don't think it would be broken in the slightest because Praetors are lousy damage for 165 points, and frankly, not a lot of our heroes need them. So being able to bring them as battle line opens up hero hammer opportunities, which seems to fit nicely with Gardas and his ability to buff specifically heroes with Saintly Assault. I think this is just a natural fit. That's actually pretty neat. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yep. Wow, good, good, good one. Uh, Celestial Warbringers. The ability is okay. It's like easy to keep track of. I, I don't like things that you have to keep track of throughout the game, uh, but this one's easy because it's only once per, per per phase, right? So that's fine. Uh, but it's not that powerful, and it's not a powerful enough ability to justify picking the Stormhost right now. So I think a little bit more power and a little bit more flavor is what this Stormhost needs. And I landed at the exact same spot you did: Battle Line Evocators and Dracolines. That would be perfect. They, if you read the fluff for Celestial Warbringers, just the one page they have in the Battle Tome, they talk about how they have more evocators than everybody else. They're just like lousy with evocators, you know? <laughs> they really love their lightnings up. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I like, um, a little off topic, but I know I've definitely talked on this podcast about how Celestial Warbringers used to be the like horn blowing, super joyous, ready for crusading kind of Celestial Warbringers. And in second edition, they became like weird spiritual seers and magicians and all that and they kind of combine the two of those ideas together in third edition because they're they know when they're going to die and that makes them really joyous and raucous and and they love they just embrace life like when they're not crusading and fighting they're just like the happiest of all the storm hosts they're, they totally chill with normal people so i feel like they've blended those two aspects of them together and it's nice that one of the storm hosts isn't this like tragic grim dark monstrosity like all the other ones are turning into yeah, <laughs> that's. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's pretty good because I saw a little bit of like lore in the battle tome. It's a celestial warbringer, like mage or whatever, reassuring a city of Sigmar unit that they're not going to die today. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so. like especially the celestial vindicators, man, they're just getting more and more grimdark every single edition. Book? Yeah, it's tragic, <laughs> man. They are just becoming Debbie Downers. Uh, even the knights yeah. excelsior are like like harsh like they're borderline evil they're so lawful yeah. but they're not lawful nice right and yeah, uh yeah. but they're they're stoked like they're okay doing it they don't, they're not upset about it whereas the celestial vindicators are like oh it's so hard to be so full of rage all the time you have to go through a magic portal and come out the other side and they're starting to just turn into gray knights from from 40k right <laughs> like it's really bizarre well, i was gonna say world eaters <laughs> world yeah okay yep and they're uh they're like decimated. I mean, they like, almost got wiped out. So yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah. fine. It's fine for one Stormhost to be like that. And I'm so glad that yeah. they have at least the Celestial Warbringers that are around who are like, hey, no, things are great, man. We're going to win this war. We're going to take back the realms. I've seen it. I know where I'm going to be when it happens. So it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's like Phoenix Guard, but like not broody. <laughs> yeah. Like they can talk about it. They have a good time with it. Yeah. And that's that's a good twist because normally whenever there's like a a story about a character who can see their own fate, they like get really depressed. These guys are like, nope, this is great. Always tragic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Celestial Vindicators, they should get Battleline Chariots, right? They're a melee unit. Charge in. That seems fine. Yeah. I can't think of a better one, really. It has to no, be a melee unit. I, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. And it can't be really something that the other Stormhosts have. So I can't think of anything better than the Chariot. It fits with their idea of of running into them with blades it kind of takes them in a bit of a different direction than what they've been which has always been the they didn't really have a definition before in terms of units right like at knights excelsior mm -hmm. have the paladins what are the vindicators supposed to be make them about chariots make them about speed right we don't have a fast like a go fast storm host it would be cool if there was one 
would be really hilarious if they like actually did something like Vindicators can't take uh, uh, shooting units because it's like in the lore they're just so mad that they have to like constantly keep chanting prayers in order to like stay in control and not just like charge all out at the enemy. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, so, like I'm like, how are you even? How do you even have shooting units in your freaking army? <laughs> well, Justicars are supposedly like they hate chaos so much that they can they can see yeah. it. So maybe that you know the focused anger, right? Like when you're really mad, you squint. <laughs> That's how they yeah. shoot. <laughs> um, okay, Anvil's the Heldenhammer. Hammer. You you knocked it out of the park with your explanation. The Stormhost ability is too many dice rolls and it slows the game down. All right, it's unlikely to activate because you have to roll two d six over bravery, and there's so many bravery ten armies in the game right now. It's just like it's just like a waste of time for the most part. Um, we don't have any bravery modifiers, which you'd think if we have an ability like this, we should, especially because we used to, but we don't. You have to bring allies to do it, and even when you do finally get it off after all that bookkeeping you have to activate it and it doesn't do much it stops two wounds from coming in which maybe could save a model right like yeah it's just saying it's just like a pseudo cycle of the storm like oh okay i saved i saved it it does nothing against shooting does nothing against uh you know anything any real damage and and you have to keep track of it across so many different units it's such a pain in the butt in so many ways and it's weak which is the worst combination that you can have so I, I actually went a little bit further with the ability. I made it a little more usable than yours. Yours was like in the combat phase, pick a unit, it has minus one hit. I went a little bit further. I said at the end of the charge phase, pick an enemy unit within six inches of any friendly anvils hammer, anvils of the Helgen Hammer unit. That unit must subtract one from hip rolls and its bravery until the end of the turn. So the bravery thing really doesn't matter, but it's like a, li- a nice little bit of flavor in there. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Like, yeah, like that's... That's fine. I mean, it's just something, something just like that's automatic that I don't have to waste, you know, a minute rolling dice for like, yeah. Yep. Nice and simple. Pick right. a unit. Last until the end of the turn. Done. Don't have to keep track of it. Don't have to roll. Don't have to slow the game down. Easy. And an impactful too. I think this is actually a very impactful ability. Minus one from hit rolls from one unit is huge. Honestly, if they just made it like Mortis Praetorians, I mean, like, every time you're within three of an anvil of the Helden Hammer unit, you're minus two to bravery. Like, I would have taken that. Like, that would have just yeah. been fine. That would be fine, too. Yeah, because that really, it does impact uh, a lot of units. Going from seven to five bravery is, is a yeah. big deal for a lot of armies. Uh, and the last thing I would do for anvils, uh, the second thing, I guess, battle line castigators. I thought anvils, uh, you know, they did a lot during the Soul Wars, and... I don't want to give them also battle line evocators and sequiturs are already battle line. So I thought battle line castigators that way you could double reinforce the unit and you can empower it and get a lot of value. Okay. So it, it promotes using evocators indirectly because you're going to have these battle line castigator squads. Okay. I can see that. Sure. I, I couldn't think of it. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> it feels like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the thing is I didn't, I couldn't think of like, I just don't tend to think of castigators as battle line. Like it just doesn't occur to me. But like in our given our conversation about how everyone should have battle line, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you gotta give fine. them something. And I think this would yeah. improve both castigators and evocators and give them more use. Because like Dracoths probably wouldn't be as good as they are right now if they weren't battle line and hammers of Sigmar. No. They they would be fine, but not like this amazing thing that everybody's losing their mind over. Yep. And I don't think Castigators would get there because they're still, you know, 18-inch Ren 2 shooting but one damage. I don't, I don't think it would be crazy. All right, so let's go into specific unit-by-unit unit changes of what we want to see here. So we can talk about what we 
changed, but we could also talk about what we didn't change. And I think that could also be interesting. Um, so for liberators, you guys had no changes for this unit. You guys think this is perfect, right? Is that, does that sound about right? I think liberators are fine. Yes, I think I think they finally like found a good, uh, you could say like a good balance point or like a good good place for them to be where they're this defensive anvil. So I don't really have any complaints now. Mm -hmm. They're good where they are. They could probably use some form of improvement. I just can't say what that form of improvement is. Well, where I landed, it, defensively, I think they're perfect. 115 points for five of these models is great. You know, I, It's such a good war scroll that I can't see them ever reducing the points as we go further into the addition because a three-up save all the time on 10 wounds for 115 points is phenomenal. The only mm -hmm. thing I would change with this unit is because the kit supports it, the kit does come with two grand weapons. So I thought, what if... What if Liberators could take two Grand Weapons? Now that might be too much if they also get to wear shields, and nobody really uses the dual weapon option, so what if you had like this offensive version of a Liberator who could give up the shield in exchange for two Grand Hammers and, and an extra attack with the regular weapons? So, it fits, it's in the kit, I think that would be cool. I still think people wouldn't use it. The shields are just so much better, right? There's You just gotta yeah. use the shields. I mean, the thing is, like, at that point, why would anyone ever pick Vanquishers? I feel like they would never do that just if they want to keep Vanquishers relevant. Because I feel well, like that would make Liberators strictly better. We'll get to that. We'll get to Vanquishers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in that situation, Liberators, um, they'd still be worse than Sequiturs in terms of offense and defense. Because Sequiturs would be a four-up, Liberators would be a four-up. Liberators would have a two grand weapons, while Sequiturs would have three, right? Sequiturs could then also mm -hmm. channel to get a five-up board in combat. So in that situation, it's just like... I don't think anybody would use it, right? The reason is it just fits with the kit, and for narrative reasons, maybe you don't want, uh, maybe you want dual wielding liberators to matter, you know? So nice narrative option. Sure. Uh, sequiturs, sure, sure. We, we're pretty much all aligned here, right? 130 points for sequiturs, that seems perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think uh, put them in cont uh, con contest with the uh, vindictors, and I think uh, you've got a serious contender there. Yeah, like if you had a choice between a 5-up board in combat or a 3-up save for mm -hmm. the same points, but one of the... Yeah, do I want Mortal Wounds or do I want Grand Hammers? It's like, Grand that's hammers. like a legit choice. Definitely, yeah. Grand Hammers. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. No, JJ, well, they reinforce differently, right? So like none of them... So Sequiturs don't have 2-inch reach. So like you have to think about it. It's like Vindictors have reinforceability, they have Mortal Wounds. Sequiturs have Grand Hammers and 5-up yeah. board. So Sequiturs do fight well single reinforce because you can put all the Grand Hammers up front. Sure, but that's... I don't know if I'd want to waste, like, five models not fighting. Eh, you never but know. Sometimes sure. you just want more wounds, right? Yeah. It's, it's all the good attacks, too, right? Like, for, for... When you reinforce it, you would be adding two more Grand Hammers, which is potentially four more damage, whereas if you reinforce Vindictors, you're adding five dudes, potentially ten damage. You know, it, it's fine. I think both, it would give both units merit, right? Whereas right now, Sequiturs have very little merit. Uh, but I'm mm -hmm. interested, JJ, for you to expand on this here. You wrote... Swap aspects with liberators. Sequiturs look like upgraded liberators, but are currently worse. So, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean, I don't know what I meant by worse necessarily back then. Um, but uh, as it stands, they just aesthetically they look like a bit more of a decked out liberator. And what I'm getting at is, like, given the sort of moral wounds aspect, if we're going to keep the points where they are right now. Mm -hmm. So just make them like Liberators Plus. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's fine. That's a fine niche for a unit to have. Um, that's what they did in 2nd Edition, pretty much. They were just a better version of Liberators. Uh, but I think it works better in 3rd Edition than it did in 2nd. 
because you're not just like you can do some damage with these units that actually matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not actually averse to that. Like I was honestly surprised they didn't have the same like soul shield ability where they added one to save rolls for having shields. Um, I would have liked that better than a five watt ward. I want to say like if they just yeah I don't know. Well, here here's a here's like the a, thing. What if it was a four up ward? I think that'd be way too good. You think so? Only in combat. Yeah. Right. Four up ward only in combat. Yeah, I think because yeah because we're still primarily a combat game. Like I know shooting's really good, but four up wards in combat for like a non-hero unit would be like like you talk just we talked just talked about like reinforcing them and how it's like not viable because I mean it's nice it's cute that you can put grand hammers up front but I think a four up ward would be I think would be a little oppressive well, especially when you consider things like storm keeps and how they can like keep surviving on objectives counting as 15 models because they are redeemers so it would take them from effectively three wounds to effectively four so effectively mm-hmm. double the wounds in combat than they are in shooting um, but they do have a four up save so let me ask this how many points would it have to cost for them to have a four up board in combat because i think that's a really cool ability and i'm just wondering if it's possible to make it work 160 170 i would say 160 170 yeah maybe even 180 so, you know, that's cool. The idea that these, like, five normal-looking guys get into combat and all of a sudden they just, like, bless themselves and they're super durable. That seems really cool. No, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree. That 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 sounds very cool. 180 uh, for five? Okay. I'd pay that for a four-up board in combat. Especially against the upcoming Nurgle battle zone. Oh, God. Yeah. that's uh, We're going to see some uh, survivability with there. They're the OG survivability tone, so... All right, let's look, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, Vanquishers. Um, I'll let you guys go first. What do you think we should do with the Vanquishers exactly? Go ahead, JJ. Yeah, bring their points down uh, if we're going to keep them where they are, or um, give them like mortal wounds on sixes if they're uh, doing anything against hordes. So basically, Vindictors, um, but without the without the shield in exchange for better attacks. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, I agree. For me, it was basically either give the, reduce the points by 10. So like, just like I want Sekiros to be in um, contest with uh, Vindictors, I want uh, Vanquishers to be in contest with Liberators um, as the cheap, cheap battle line options. And give them 2-inch reach. I know damage 2 is unlikely because having a damage 2 unit at 115 points is like pretty sick. Uh, especially when if all the grand swords, great swords or whatever, start doing glaives. Sorry, start doing. Uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, start doing damage too. But um, I think at 115, if they compete with liberators with two inch reach and they can reinforce, they're basically like reinforceable liberators with a four up save. Um, I think that because re- liberators aren't reinforceable, so you're giving that up over mm-hmm. a three up save. So I think yeah. I like that idea. Okay, and they do have natural abilities that make them want to get reinforced. So I could definitely mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. It's almost like the rules yeah. are telling you you should reinforce this unit, bro. Yeah. I went the opposite direction of you guys. I think they should be more expensive, and I think they should be better. And I went with get rid of their weird horde bonus attacks. That doesn't make sense. You know, these aren't these aren't swinging their swords around above their heads, trying to cleave as many models as possible. They are trying to decapitate people, right? They are very skilled swordsmen, one hit, one kill. They should have low volume of attacks, two damage all the time. Make them more expensive, make them 145, make them like what sequiturs currently cost. And then if you have a musician, so if you have 10 models, you can bring your musician, right? If you have that, they get three inch coherency. 
Ooh. I feel like that's that's weird for a foot slogging unit. Like I, I don't know. I feel like that's I mean I, I, this is a wish listing video, so yeah, we're allowed. Yeah, to be, let's get weird, right? Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's get weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I try to like temper my changes based on like what's what they're likely to do, even if they're not really likely to do it. But it was, Yeah, I like the idea. It's just like I find that like out of a wish list thing, I find it like very unlikely that that can happen. Yeah, just the, the opportunity for control in that case is amazing for those units. Then, well, consider that it has to, it, you still need to be within three inches of, of two different units or the two different models, right? So it's not like yeah. it's not like you get huge distance between your models. It would just be you can run them in one rank instead of two, effectively. And and one forty five might be too low for that. You know, maybe make it one sixty, one seventy, something like that. But I think that that would make me really excited about using this unit. And I am currently not excited at all about Vanquishers. Like, just, I haven't even bought any yet. That's how little I care about them. Yeah, Paul and I have an ongoing joke right now that for Christmas we're just going to get each other, exchange Vanquishers to each other for, as a gift. <laughs> it's the only way we'd get them. Oh, man. That's, we have to curse nice. each other with these Vanquishers. <laughs> uh, Vindictors, they're perfect, right? No changes needed. Perfect. No, no. Everything's yep. good about them. Don't even want to make them stronger because they're they're just fine exactly where they are. Agreed. Yeah, vindictors are just fine. Like that's amazing how like they designed it like unit that's like oh perfect. Yep. Points are right too. I think fifteen more points than liberators is just in that sweet spot. Which is funny mm -hmm. considering that we consider them what a tier now versus uh, liberators. Oh yeah. Yeah, I consider liberators to be a better unit overall. And that doesn't mean vindictors are bad by any means though. I love that they have that distinct niche. They have a particular thing that they do that is distinct from liberators and they cost a little bit more for it and that is a great space for them to be in yeah i'm just pointing out that we still uh, apparently we want to do more with liberators and they're an s tier unit right now but vindictors are good where they are yeah, yeah. i think vindictors yeah it's like you know it's like you want to take liberators vindictors are a build around you want to take vindictors for a purpose yeah yep. liberators are what's the cheapest thing i can put in that's also battle line bang there it is that's great. All right, let's talk about the Paladins. These are these are great models. Love them. Uh, Shield Annihilators. I thought they were just right in in uh, Dominion when they were 190, and yeah. I'm realizing that if if I played Dominion today, I would still think they're overpriced. <laughs> so I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking in Shield Annihilators should go down to 180. I think they don't do enough, which is a crazy thing to say, right? If any other army in the game had a 2-plus save, 9-wound unit with 3 models for 200 points that could deep strike 7 inches away, do mortal wounds on the charge, do mortal wounds in an area when it lands, and then still get 10 attacks on 3s and 3s, rend 1-2 damage, they would be like, of course I'm paying 200 points for that. Obviously. There's no question I'm paying 200 points for that. But in a Stormcast army, they're not worth 200 points. I just, I can never put them in a list. I never... The reason I say that is because of the Lord Imperitan tax. Like, the Lord Imperitan is a really cool hero, and I'm glad that they gave it that free command ability a turn thing to sort of compensate. But he is a tax on this uh, sort of unit. So, yeah, with that in mind, yeah, maybe. Maybe they could be 180. And the fact that you can only drop one unit in seven inches, it means, like... Yeah. If you're dropping in Annihilators with shields, you're not dropping in Vindictors, and you're not dropping in Grand Hammers that turn. So yep. what are the Annihilators with shields doing? They have to go into a list that you want to pay 175 points for the Imperitant, and you don't want to bring Grand Hammers for some reason, or even like a 15 Vindictor squad so you can tie up the enemy. 
what is the purpose of this annihilator unit? I don't understand it. Because if you really want durability, you're gonna you're gonna pick protectors instead. Yep. Yep. So I mean I have seen lists or like other strategic strategists, you could say, trying to like make them a mobile pinning unit, something to make sure the enemy so the opponent doesn't enemy units don't make it out of their deployment zone. Um which I guess is viable because, like, if you run them at Knights Excelsior, you don't have to really give them hit bombs. You can keep giving them all-out defense all day uh, against most kinds of like units that are uh, over three models. So, yeah, I think I'd rather just that, yeah. pay extra points and use grand hammers instead. Just kill whatever I'm trying to pin instead of trying to pin it. Mm. It's so hard to. Yeah, I feel like the points them. differential isn't yeah isn't that much to where I want to say take a dedicated pinning unit mm-hmm. like that. If there was some way to have the imperitant. Um, like use his ability twice per turn, I would strongly consider Annihilators the shields. But Ooh, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like some kind of command trait or, or something that could that could do that. But yeah, I'm thinking twenty points down. Morgonk, you wrote here ten points down, and, and I think you're saying that because and it looks like you got that for the Grand Hammers as well. I think Grand Hammers are appropriately costed at two forty. They're very strong. Their damage is absolutely insane. They have this, you know, basically two plus charge that they get to pull off. Can't be redeployed out of. Can't really be stopped because it's a seven inch drop. Like you can't zone that out as easily as you could a nine. I think mm-hmm. green hammers are just fine. But you think ten points down because of the Lord of so the reason I say it's ten points down is because of the imperitant. Yeah. Um, I think either the imperitant needs to go down or like they need to go down. I just, I, I don't know why they raise like ten points on the imperitant. If they take that back, then I'll just be fine on green hammers. Hmm. Like, 175 is, like, really high for that hero. Like, I know he does a lot, but Jesus, 175 is, like, you know? And his damage isn't, like, spectacular or anything, so. Yeah, he's he's a command point every turn, and attacks you have to pay if you want to use Annihilators. Yeah. And the fact that Annihilators aren't usable, uh, unless you have Scions, pretty much, right? That That's yeah, a big so deal. There's, like, a lot of attacks going there. Yeah, there's a lot of, like... You know, make all, make sure your pieces fit in this exact order. So I, I don't know why the imperitant is that expensive. So if they don't reduce the points on him, I'd like to see the points on annihilators go down. Mm-hmm. Because you know they're not like dracots. Like dracots are like if you take hammers of sigmar, you know dracots are like battle line. They're an independent unit. They just act by themselves. Grand hammers don't. Like they need the imperitant, so you know your opponent could kill him, and then you know you don't get to drop them into seven anymore. You could, they could, you know, you could, um, and even if they're battle line, you still need to pay that 175 point tax, which you don't in the case of like uh, fulminators or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, it seems like I'm the only one here who who looks at the old paladins and thinks these guys are a little overpriced, and I think maybe it's because of how difficult they are to use offensively. Even if you don't mm-hmm. use translocation and and you don't go for nine inch charges, the fact that they only move four inches a turn means your opponent is going to redeploy out of your charge almost every single time. It's such a frustrating experience to move four inches towards an enemy to get ready for a charge and they d6 back six inches. Yeah, you know? like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. It, they're so hard to use as anything except a counterattack unit or hoping for nine inch charges. Um, so I would like them to be a little bit cheaper. Um, in particular, retributors. It's you know the fact that they don't reinforce means there's no risk of spamming these guys. There's no, there's never going to be a list where it's like, oh, I have to face 15 retributors. This game's broken. It's like, it doesn't matter. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Maybe, yeah. maybe 15 protectors. Like maybe protectors Honestly, should stay at their price point. Yeah, but I yeah. think across the board, all three of these guys should be a bit cheaper. Decimators especially. I agree with your decimator take totally. I think they should be 200. Yeah, they're so they're terrible. Like they're. Yeah, they're terrible. They should, they're, 
their their protectors, should be cheap as well. They're protectors with minus one save and one inch reach. Like, why would you do that? Why would yep. you? <laughs> Point difference doesn't make yep, up yep. for that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Evocators. Um, you guys really want to give them reach? And I think it's pretty obvious why, but why don't you run me through it? Go ahead, JJ. Yeah, you want to reinforce them. You want to make as much utility out of the um, Celestial Lightning Arc as possible. So get the Grand Staffs in the back, uh, um, and you can optimize your damage with them. Okay. Now, if, yeah, if, if you gave the Grand Staffs reach, would you allow them to mix weapons, or the whole unit has to be equipped the same way? Um, I still think you should mix weapons. I think for simplicity's sake, you should just make it one weapon or the other. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously going to make, like, everybody's just going to use grand stabs, right? And I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but I also want to keep some legitimate reason to use the swords. Is there anything you guys would do to, for the, you know, the sword and tempest staff, I think they're called? Is there any changes yeah. to that weapon to keep it viable? Because once you make it, once you make the grand stabs two-inch reach, you're never going to see the swords again. Yeah, I would see the thing is I'm kind of sad that all the paladin units because even kids technically are paladins. They're they're one of the more expensive ones too. Um, I'm sad they never got a rend increase. Like grand staffs having like if the swords had minus two rends, like I could legit see swords in play. So like grand staffs two inch reach swords two rend two. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. Very very clearly different niches. If you really need them to cut through armor, then you got the mm-hmm. rend two. And if you need the mortal wound bomb. With second rank, I can see that. Yeah, it's like, do I want minimum squad, minimum uh, side squads, uh, armor cutters, or do I want like big mortal wound uh, grand save dealers? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's the grand saves won't do anything against two up saves most of the time. So, yeah, well, you got the mortal wounds after that, right? That was always the thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's saves. like, it's like, yeah, but they're not meant to go up against two up saves. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. I could take a you know five minimum evocators with just swords and be like. Use it to support castigators or sequiturs, and then be or, or any redeemer unit really, and then also sort of use it to cut through armor. Yeah, now, it, we both landed on two ten points for for a squad of five. That seems fair, especially compared to the points of uh, like shield annihilators or protectors. I think two ten lines up pretty well, and uh, mm-hmm. we're pretty well aligned on that fact that they should be battle line in celestial warbringers. That just mm-hmm. should happen, definitely. Now, where I differ with you guys, I've done a lot of thinking about this. I don't think they should get two inch reach. I don't. Okay. And here's and here's why. Um, nobody likes playing against blocks of ten or fifteen evocators. That's just not fun. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> your opponent picks up a fistful of dice, and on a four up, that's a mortal wound. After you attack, like, yeah, that's just not fun, man. So like, I get why they got rid of it. And I would. Rather... I have experience with exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, like. Or like other people telling me that they're not fun to go up against, so it's, I'm not going to disagree. Now, yeah. The problem is it's fun to do it. It's really fun to do it, <laughs> right? Um, but I just I want it to be costlier. Like you, could, I want it to be possible to still do it, especially if they're in Celestial Warbringers where you can double reinforce them. We're talking about mm-hmm. you know 30 dice and each like 15 mortal wounds on average. That's just gonna like everything just dies to that. That's so brutal. So I want to make sure that if you do that, you are investing enough points. Like, that would be 630 points. But also, it's not easy for you to just do regular attacks. And then we're also talking about a 4-up save here, right? So it's not like this unit's particularly durable. For Stormcast purposes, it's pretty it's pretty fragile. It's like yep. our most fragile unit. So I don't think we should go 2-inch reach, because it would incentivize running them in squads of 5, 
which I think is a more interesting dynamic than running them as a a murder everything death mortal death star. Yeah, yeah. Like I think in terms star. of gameplay, both for you and your opponent, that's more interesting. Plus, there's benefits to running them in smaller squads, right? You get more casts, more unbinds, and you fill more battle line slots. And I don't want this unit like. We're here. We're in this paradigm. You know, they've made the change. It's two inch reach. Let's explore it. Let's see how it goes. Maybe they're still fun to use. I like the Ren two on swords idea. I, I really like that. I think we should maybe even adopt that as well. But uh, I want to see what they look like as a squad of five, like this elite wizard unit, kind of rolling around and, and buffing stuff and chopping stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I specifically like the more casts idea, like or and more unbinds, and like that, that. I technically they count as wizards for that prize sorcery uh, grand strategy, which I know yeah. is not super relevant, but I like that. Well, they also count as wizards for if you're playing them in Cities of Sigmar in Hallowheart. They count as wizards for that, so you can give them bonuses to cast their empower there. Mm -hmm. So I'd like I'd like oh, to yeah, explore yeah. this concept more. Um, Praetors, JJ, what do you think about Praetors, man? Still a little too expensive where they are, so uh, give it like a 10 to drop like you recommended there, Paul. Um, and hero assignment, you should be able to do it with uh, something that's in the silence, I think. Yep. Yeah, you nailed it with that. And uh, I didn't think of it until I saw your thing, and I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. I wish I thought of that. Because Praetors are soul-bonded. This isn't like they're good friends and they're going to back you up. No, no, no. Like They fuse souls together. That's what the lore says, right? And as you fight alongside them, the Praetors start to like lose themselves and turn into the person that they're bodyguarding. This is a deep bond. And then you play them on the battlefield, and it's like, oh, I can't do it until I put them on the table together. So if one of them is in Scions, these guys suddenly aren't. They just don't get to do that. Actually, so I would actually do it. So, like the first time you set them up, you declare who their soul bond. Yeah. So they arrive. Like that would be cool too. If you know what, even if you have to do it before the game starts, I'm okay with that too. But uh, yeah, yeah. the current way it's done is is rubbish. Complete rubbish. It doesn't make any sense. It's a bad mechanic. It really limits the potential of this unit, which is strange because it's already a very limited unit. It's only three models with mediocre attacks, and it's very expensive. Um, I agree with you. Ten points. Yeah, that seems about right. You don't want to make them too cheap, uh, but I also do want to see them battle line in Hallowed Knights. I think that would be that would be pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, prosecutors with hammers. Um, Murgonk, you, you want a small point drop on these guys. Do you think it's justified? Because yes. uh, we've had a lot of experience now with this unit. We've been playing it more, especially with the Annihilana Grande list that you're you're playtesting. Yeah. Think they need I, to be cheaper. I, I think they need to be cheaper. I think they need to be cheaper than Liberators. I like the I like the mobility option, but it's a like it's still a dice roll. It's not guaranteed. I just don't like three models for 115, 110, man. I think 100, 105, 100. And, I think that's their range. They should be just slightly below Liberators, or like enough to where I consider them seriously instead of just paying five points more for like tougher bodies on objectives. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, more wounds, not necessarily tougher, but yeah, more wounds. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I mean, their niche right now is Absorb Unleash Hell, which is like, you know, it doesn't feel good paying, you know, 110 points, 105. I'll pay 100 points for that. So. Mm -hmm. I I have not had the same experience. I've actually come around on these guys as a a replacement when you want a cheap screen, right? Because if, if you think about the concept of a screen, it doesn't matter really if it's six wounds or 10 wounds. That's not, you don't care about that, right? What you care about mm -hmm. with the screen is the amount of space it takes up and how many points it costs. Because it could have no save, and it could take up more space, and it would be a better screen. Durability is not the concern. It's just, for me at least, this is how I view screens. 
It's just how much space they take up and how many points they cost. And three prosecutors take up pretty much the same space as five liberators. So in terms of screening duty, they're pretty much the same unit in my mind. One of them okay. is, is already a little bit cheaper. Five points doesn't really matter. But the fact that you give up two bodies, what you get in exchange is a 12-inch flying move and the utility of having a 3d6 charge move. And I think that's really sweet. That's a good trade-off because sometimes your liberators never get attacked. You don't need them to screen, right? Like if they're screening, they're going to do the same job, right? They block the same amount of space. Models can't, um, you know, they still have to charge the prosecutors. They're not going to be able to charge through you onto the other side of you. That's super niche. It's not going to happen, right? Cut to me like losing a game because of this at some point. But <laughs> um, <laughs> if they're on screening duty, their job is to get in the way of, of, of mock rushes and Archaeon and all that stuff. And they're going to do that just fine. Right? They don't have to have six or ten wounds that's irrelevant. Um, but then instead of having this unit that does pretty much nothing, right? Like this is why we use Judicators in second edition, because they could sit on an objective and do something. Now, what if instead of doing something, they were just better at getting to that objective and they had the utility of absorbing unleash hell? Right? So in my mind, prosecutors are fine at 110. You know, maybe 105, just because they are like way less damage and wounds, but for what you get, 110 seems about right to me right now. I just I want the bonus attack on the prime. That's all I care about. Um, I can understand that argument. Um, I would like. Yeah, that I think I, I, I. That's why I didn't say much. Like maybe not 10, maybe like five points. But I don't know. I just yeah, I would, I would like at least five points them to go yeah. down by like five points maybe. Now see, I it's would not an adjustment that I would like. You know, be really like. It's not one of the changes that I'm obsessing over, but yeah. I think they can stand to be a little bit cheaper. If, slightly cheaper. if we're going to get a 100-point battle line unit, I would like it to be probably Vanguard Hunters because they are really lacking purpose right now. And if they were 100 points, I would very strongly consider them. I put them at 115 mm. here just because I want them to be like exactly equal to Liberators because we consider Liberators to be a very good unit. So what if this unit was costed exactly the same? Would we use it? Hmm, that's that's a yeah, that's an interesting argument. Yeah. yeah. JJ, what what do you got here? Why don't you run us through this? Um yeah, personally I love uh, Vanguard Hunters, they're one of my favorite models, uh, in terms of just like infantry. They I've been nothing but not blown away by them though. Um they've always disappointed me when I've used them, so right now I think they need to be dropped uh, uh in points cost, like you said, Paul. Um they need a better weapon profile overall. Maybe give them a keyword like the uh, Redeemer. Um, Lore-wise, admittedly, I don't know if they fit into that Redeemer category. Uh, or if we're not giving them a better weapon profile, maybe do something like Layla the Tyrant, either the new or the old version that the Liberators had in second. That was a pretty neat one, I think. Oh, where they got plus one hit against like bigger stuff? Yeah. Because that, be cool. that makes them Vanguard Hunters, right? Yeah, puts, puts the Hunter in Vanguard Hunters, yeah. I, I don't think they... They are Angelos units. They're not Redeemers. Um, yeah. But if there was some way to have them interact with the Redeemer rules, like if you played Astral Templars, they gained the Redeemer keyword, that would yeah. be really cool. Yeah. I'd actually... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that Astral Compass thing is is pretty cute, but it's... When I think of other units that have that, I think of like um, the unit called Canine Shadow Stalkers that Darza Kane likes to use, um, and it's like that unit is just so much better at it because 
it's got like a native minus one to hit. It's, you know, I don't know. I, I just like can't ever find use for like, like what am I going to use these guys for? I just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any mm-hmm. that I can think of. Uh, maybe even just give them back their seven inch uh, deployment. Because they, they sure, that away yeah, I could just give it right back. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Now, none of us have any changes for Aether Wings, and I thought for sure at least one of us would have suggested a point drop on them. Uh, JJ, I know you have an idea. No, that's, I think that's, that's about the Raptors. We'll talk about the Raptors. Freebird. <laughs> 65 feels too expensive to me. I really feel like they should be a bit cheaper, but I didn't want to suggest anything because they're kind of like packaged in with Raptors, and if you make Aether Wings cheaper, it makes Raptors indirectly stronger and i don't want raptors to be stronger right now i think they're just maybe a little too strong but i think they're fine uh this is a sad page no opinions on the underworld's war bands i don't I no, like i'd say keep them in underworlds don't don't do this yeah if you're not going like, to give it's, us it's, something... it's cute yeah if you're not going to give us something actually cool and meaningful like Xandir's Truthseekers actually have a good profile, right? That's a good war scroll. Um, mm-hmm. Don't bother giving them rules at all. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, well, I mean, I, I like it because it's like, there's, like I said, there's these like cute little tournaments that I go to that have that, you know, you can bring a free war band or whatever and add it to your army. So I like that. So it's like, yeah, they should have AOS rules, but like, I'm fine with them never being like serious contenders over anything mm-hmm. that's actually in the book. So. Uh, Griffhounds. I thought of some ideas to actually make people think, hmm, maybe I should use the Griffhound instead of just getting them for free from my Night Judicator. Um, first off, make them 100 points. So there are six models for 100 points. And then you make them battle line if your general is a Lord Aqualore, which there you go, there's a little bit more usefulness for the Aqualore who's currently useless. And you give them the Vanguard keyword. So now you're looking Ooh, at. I like that. Yeah, now you're looking at this really thematic unit. Um, that you can have the the by far cheapest battle line in the army, right? 100 points would be the cheapest. So you can just fill out with these six models that, I don't know, are basically screens, right? It's totally, like, the fact that they're six means they have to fight in two ranks, which is just awful. Um, so it's not like they cover up that much space. But it's cheap, it's thematic, and it, it borders on functional. I wouldn't be mad at that. That, that actually sounds good. Um, I would actually alternately, like, alternate, sorry, Another way to do this would be um, for every like Vanguard Hunter you bring, you can bring one Griffhound as battle line or something. Oh, like, yeah. Sort of, like the set thing, sort of like the thing Sentinels have going on with Wardens. Yeah, that could work. For every for every uh, Vanguard keyword unit in your army, you could bring one Griffhound yeah. as a battle line. I'd like that. Well, let's talk about shooting. Um, ballistas. I think the main problem with Ballistas, I don't want them to get cheaper. Because the problem with just making them cheaper is you, you can still only bring four to a list, right? They're still artillery. The big problem with yeah. ballistas is that they have no unique utility. They're just they're just raw shooting, which competes with our other raw shooting, and they are inconsistent. Right? So I thought if I and they're not that good right now. Like in terms of efficiency, they're quite low on the scale of how strong so I think you could bump them up quite a bit. Um so I was thinking the single shot, instead of being D six, you make it D three plus three. So a lot less variance. You're doing four, five, or six damage with it instead of one to six. Because I don't know if you guys have used Ballista in this edition, but when you, you when you make your two up and then you make your two up and then you make the Ren three through the save and then you get through the ward and it's like, oh, D6 damage. It's just one. It's the worst feeling in the world. 
Oh yeah, I play Necrons. Don't you don't have to tell me that <laughs> uh, so. And then similarly for the rapid fire, instead of two d six, you make it four d three. That way you 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 know it's a little more uh, the distribution curve changes because instead of d sixes you're dealing with d threes and the floor increases, right? So it becomes more reliable and yeah, no more of these like snake eyes on on the number of rapid fire shots. Yeah, and, I fully agree. And then I thought. The, the way ballistas typically play is you set up a ballista battery. And one of the downsides of ballista right now is Unleash Hell is really, really good. So you want like a big reinforced shooting unit that can take advantage of it. And ballistas can never do that, right? So I thought, w- wouldn't it be cool if maybe the ballistas themselves have this ability or maybe the Lord Ordinator would have this ability, but all ballistas within nine inches, like, so you have a little battery here, they all Unleash Hell at the same time. So if one of them... I would like that once for game. Once per game. Sure. Unleash yeah. Hell. Yeah. Uh, every turn would be too much. <laughs> that would be way too yeah. much. But yeah. yeah the, I think like, I would like that. If the Lord, I, I think the Lord Ordinator should do it. That way you're still paying like the 130 point tax. Yep. And it would specifically. I could even see, you know, that weird battalion we have, Soul Strike. I, I can't remember. It's like the only artillery battalion. In yeah. Our make that this, basically. Yep. It would work yep. with this at least. Like once per game, just you can unleash hell with all these units if they're within a certain distance of each other or something. Yeah, that would be sick. Castigators. Um, they should just be battle line and anvils. That's what I think. I, I think that 105, mm. they're they're fine. I think if, uh, if you're going to make castigators better, you don't make any changes to castigators. You make changes to evocators. That's how you make castigators better. Because right now they they just go hand in hand. They're a sacrosanct unit that works with other sacrosanct units, and they live and die together. So just make a battle line in one one storm host, and that's all they need. Uh, but JJ, you're thinking they need a point drop? Uh, well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. But again, uh, old thoughts uh, rather than what I'm currently seeing these days. Uh, what I do think is that they need uh, a bit more consistency. Mm, you don't like the D3 shots? No. Make them just two shots each. Yeah, I think so. Two shots. I would like that. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't like random. Like, yeah, random shots and random damage make me really nervous. Or maybe do it like two shots base, and if they if uh, they have a special characteristic on their war scroll, if they get an empower off, um, make it three shots instead of the one to wound. I don't know. What if the empower was changed from plus one hit? to re-roll the number of shots because there's tons of ways to get plus one hit and that's not that useful. So you could either go like Ren 2 or you could go more reliable shots. Yeah, that would, be, that would work, I think. That would work. Or like, yeah, if you if you empower like or they're channeling or whatever, then you can guarantee, you can never go below two shots. Two shots is the minimum. Mm, yeah, minimum two. That'd be good. Or you just add one to each shot because mm-hmm. then you're giving up Ren yep. 2. So it's like, do you want volume or do you want accuracy? That could work. Yep. Cool. Judicators, both kinds, they're fine, right? They're fine. They're yeah, I think if anything, it's Bloodstalkers and Sentinels need to go up to match yeah. match that. I think 200 points for a 24-inch shooting unit with two shots, mortals on sixes, five of those models should be 200 points. That feels right. Yep, I agree. They actually did it right. Mm-hmm. Yep, let's see um, Sentinels and Bow Snakes get up to this level. Yep, the game would be in a much better place. Too much shooting really ruins this game. So prosecutors, the javelins. Um, we're gonna come guessing. We're just gonna have the exact same discussion we had with the hammers because they're functionally the same unit. Like, yep. 
It's disappointing because javelins were so cool in second edition, man. They had something unique going on, you know. It's like, oh, this distance thing, you know, where you're at greater distance, you get better, and then you can close up, but you're not as good, but you still need to close up eventually for objectives. And they just like took all that out, and it's like, wait, what do I use javelins for now? Like, why are they good? Because they can shoot slightly more, like with more slightly more range. But prosecutors aren't like dedicated shooting units. It's not like they benefit from Thunderbolt Volley or anything. It's like they can. I just I, yeah. <laughs> they're they're Angelos. They can use. Oh, they can. Volley. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> well, why would you do that? Nobody, please, please, nobody. Yeah, we should put that in our next Lords of the Storm. Please don't do this. Double reinforced in Tempest Lords using Thunderbolt <laughs> Volley. Let's do it. <laughs> it's all memes all the time. Yeah, exact same arguments we had before. I think they're fine. Maybe a small point drop just because they really don't do a lot of damage. And uh, when they have javelins, you're thinking you're paying extra points for the damage, but you, they don't. They don't do significant damage. Um, nope. No, they don't. Vanguard Raptors with Hurricane Crossbows. Um, I think they're way overpriced. Just looking at the numbers, there's no reason to ever run these guys over Judicators. Judicators at 190 points do more damage than these guys do at 230 points. And I think the only difference is if you're fighting like six up saves, but there's nothing in the meta that really has six up saves. It's not relevant. Nobody, like you're not bringing Hurricane Raptors because you might fight zombies one day. It doesn't, you're not doing that. So what Hurricane Raptors need is significant point cost reduction, I think. 20, maybe even 30 points. And then they also need something to differentiate them from the other shooting units. And they used to have this cool ability where they would reduce the charge rolls for enemies. I think we could bring that back. So where I landed with them was 210 points, the exact same profile, same damage, uh, but enemies have minus one to charge if they're within 12. Mm, I like that. So yeah. they, they become a really cool, like, support shooting like closer range shooting kind of unit um they want to be encouraged to get up close because it's going to potentially cause enemy units to fail especially if you set up like redeploy properly so you have these mm -hmm. guys just on the edge of the charge and then the unit that is um taking the charge let's say redeploys back towards the raptors yeah you can set up some interesting things minus one is is a good effect and you're paying 210 points for it jj run okay. through your your free aether wings idea free bird Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's just an alternative, uh, quite honestly. Uh, maybe give uh, Vanguard Raptors a squad of Afer Wings for free. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to have the plus one attack, but just give it like a free mobile screen with uh, the unit. Now, would you? Th this was an interesting idea because what if like everybody's complaining about Vanguard Raptors with long strikes? Because their their damage is insane, they're super fragile, right? But so everybody's thinking, oh well, you can't really increase the points because then they become like 300 points for for 12 wounds or, or for six wounds. That's absurd, right? Um, yep. So it's a weird design, but I really like this free aether wing idea because what if you bake the cost of aether wings into these units? Then you could justify raising them to let's say 270, 280 points. The shooting output stays the same, um, but they get this. They have to. That's the only way to bring aether wings. Let's say right? You have to pay this increased cost. And then if you reinforce the unit, you still only get the three birds from it. So you're, you're losing value. I think that would, I think that might be the way to go to balance this unit long-term. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Especially they, with upcoming changes. Yeah. And they, uh, they do come together in the same box. So yep. every, anybody who has Raptors has Aether Wings. There's no reason they couldn't do that. Um, yep. I like your idea of giving them the Vanguard keyword. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. I don't yeah. know why Games Workshop missed it. 
And when I say battle line, I mean battle line and uh, full Templars. Okay. Okay. So so double reinforced long strike raptors. You're not worried about that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You thought Thunderbolt <laughs> Volley was bad with six, just wait till nine. <laughs> well, hey man, it's the wish listing video. Let's, let's go nuts. <laughs> no, I don't want nine Raptors with two shots, please. Let's not, we need, let's not go there. We need a reason to play Astral Templar, right? That's the only Stormhost. That becomes the new Anvils. <laughs> uh Vigilors. Uh they're overpriced, right? We can all agree on that. I think we yeah. have differing opinions of how overpriced they are. I went 15 points down. Morgonk, you went 25. And JJ, you said, you just put drop points. How, how far are you thinking? Honestly, I think 20 is a good realistic expectation. Yeah. I want 25, but 20, I think, is right. For a unit yeah. that doesn't do mortal wounds and is purely a support shooting unit, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it would, a really interesting thing is if they would be battle line, if your general was any Thunderstrike model rather than just the Knight Judicator. Because yeah. it's there's a lot of times where I wish I could like put these guys in, and then I think, well, I'm not paying, you know, two almost 200 points for a battle line. Yeah, slide. honestly, yeah, honestly, I can see that going away by the next book or maybe next pitch battle profile. I don't know why they tied it to that. Like, it, it's not even like the Knight Judicator is a damage unit, and they tied a damage unit to a support unit. And I'm like, why do that? Just make Vigilers battle line. Just give them a different niche. Like they're they're cheaper Judicators that don't do more wounds, and they only give you plus one to hit. Versus Judicators that do more wounds. Like, that, that's a fine enough niche. You don't need this, like, added, you know, thing of adage of, like, a 205-point support hero. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, any Thunderstrike model, keep it thematic, right? Because they want to promote Thunderstrike armies for some reason. I don't see why, personally, but if you want to promote it, this is how you do it. You know, if you had Krondis, you could bring these guys as, as battle line. That would be cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the Dracothian Guard. I seem to be the only one who thinks Concussors and Desolators are overpriced. And uh, again, this is just from an internal perspective. Mm-hmm. Fulminators and Tempesters um, seem just right. So I have the, actually, I didn't notice on the the things that I sent you. I'm actually of the opposite opinion. Really? I think okay. Fulminators are underpriced. I think Fulminators need to be 240. Okay. And yeah. I, I think we will most likely see them go to 240, 245. I think they're just like way, way too good on the charge to not go up by 10 points or 15 points even. I can see that. But yes, I, I think, uh, I will say, yeah, Desolators need to be 210 and yeah, Concarsis needs to be 215. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that's something not something I would thought of, but I can agree with that. I, I find, you know, Desolators are just fulminators with a charge bonus. And the charge bonus is worth 20, 30 points per squad. Easy. So I thought, mm-hmm. you know, 10 points is pretty conservative in terms of reduction. Um, you don't want to get too crazy for them because they are still they are still on Dracoths, right? They still hit like Tempesters in melee, at least. And I think Tempesters are fine at 220, and they make Concussors mm-hmm. look bad. <laughs> That's how good Tempesters are right now. Concussors are a good unit. Uh, the problem is that anytime you would bring Concussors, you can pay 10 points more for Fulminators. So let's say Fulminators were 240 and Concussors were 215. Well, now you're looking at 50 points for a squad of four as a difference. And that could be enough to be like, yeah, okay, I'll bring Concussors instead. Mm-hmm. So from a I mean, purely they, internal standpoint, yeah. I, I, yeah, these I know there's people out there who think Fulminators should be 300. And that's like really dumb. <laughs> Have they seen the pigs? Have they seen the, the Gorgruntas yet? 
Yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, you're also not discounting the fact that there are only two models that count as four objectives and yeah. are only 12 wounds. So you can't, they can't be 300. That's way too, way, way too much. But I do think 10 points increase on fulminators and then, yeah, a similar kind of decrease on the concussors and desolators. Cause yeah, I think paying for that charge bonus is worth 20 or 30 points. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now here's, here's an interesting discussion before we get into the heroes. I'm okay with fulminators being 230 because our support heroes are all massively overpriced. Right. So if you start chipping mm. away at the units in the Stormcast army that are uh, currently very good at their point cost, then you couple that with our overpriced heroes, and suddenly you just have an army that starts falling apart, I think. So I would be okay with increasing the cost of units like Grand Hammers, Long Strikes, Fulminators, even Liberators, if it meant our support heroes got a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big problem with this book. It almost seems intentional that they did it this way, because you look at something like the Lord Exorcist, and you're like, how the hell is this thing worth 170 points? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like been 140. Yeah, yeah it's, it's baffling. I just, yeah, I mean, if you want to go to the hero slide, because that's exactly what I recommend. We're almost there, almost there. Yeah. Uh, evocators on Dracolines. Um, we're, we're pretty much all more or less on the same line here. Make them usable as battle line and make them usable in squads of six because it is a tra tragedy that you can't use them in a squad of six effectively right now. You have to do this weird formation that I don't even want to get into on this podcast. Looks like a Lotus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah. want to. You guys in the Stormkeep are nuts, man. Our Discord is crazy. Um, <laughs> I just want them usable. I want them battle line in Celestial Warbringers, and I want them cheaper. 280 is, is way too much. 260 at the end of second edition, and they were better in second edition. And that, I felt, was was still a bit much. Um, but in third edition, with a four-up save and they're competing with Dracoths, there is no reason for them to be 280. I'm thinking 250, battle line, and give them three-inch coherency. Yep. That's what I would love. You guys are thinking two-inch uh, yeah. reach, and I'm, you know what? I don't like the reach on the foot evocators, but I, I think I would be okay with reach on the Dracolines because their mounts are still one-inch. So if the Grand Staffs, you know, you get some value from a second rank, and that's fine. That could be the limiting factor you need. Uh, I would rather just be able to run them six wide. I would like to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think they need to be 240. I think 280 is insane. Like, when you consider what six Gorgantus can do, uh, at, like, just 20 points more. Um, or what, like, Fulminators can do. And it's just like, did they really value that wizard utility so high? Um, I don't I don't know. Like, I'm fine with them not being reinforceable i just want their i, I think like yeah I, I would like bring them down to 240 or 230 even 230 like, it's just because they were fine at 240 because yeah because they used to be i think 240 in second edition and I that think, never broke the game i think they were 260 ever. did they go down to 240 no, i think they i think they went to 250 they went to 250 i think for a bit hmm. 250 yeah because they were 300 went down to 280 went down to 260 yeah i think 260 is what we can realistically Expect, but I'd like 250, 240. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure. Um, it's like, a tragedy. Like, have that 10 points over Fulminators, over like rerolling charges and being a wizard. Sure, why not? That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard Paladors. Uh, I went with a pretty, pretty minor points cut, all things considered, because they they were what, 180 in second edition, and then they bumped them up to mm -hmm. 215, which is like it's huge. Like they did get stronger, right? Their War Scroll is a little bit punchier. Uh, but they're, they're just less useful than they were before. So yeah, 
their their teleport got worse, right? You can't go more than three inches away from an enemy. You have to be more than that. And you can charge afterwards, but the utility of you being You can't more go on than, terrain either. Yeah, that's a big one. You have to be more than an inch from terrain. That's a huge deal because you can't just teleport into cover. So it limits where that nine inches can go. Mm-hmm. So I went with minus 15 points. Morgonk, you went with minus 30. Really aggressive, which I, yeah. I appreciate that. I don't think that's enough to fix them. Though. I think even at 185, they would get passed over because I think what's missing from this unit is a follow-up to that teleport. Right, because a nine-inch teleport is a good ability, but when you nine-inch teleport to open ground and do nothing, like you have to spend a command point to re-roll it, and even then, that's less than a fifty-fifty to get anywhere. Yeah, I think they need a bonus to charge after they teleport. I and and I don't think they need more damage. I don't think they need more health. I don't think they need more armor. Just make them more mobile, right? Like double down on their mobility. They're not there. That's their niche, and they're not doing it well. Sure. I just think 30 at minus 30, like at 185, I, I can see like one of these being played in an Astral Templar list. One as Battle Line, the other two Vanguard Hunters. I, right now, I wouldn't take these guys. I want to see all Vanguard forces work, man. And I think a plus yeah. three to charge with Paladors would be sick. Picture like five or six units of these guys yes. all teleporting and charging. Mm-hmm. Drop in a Vexilor. It's honestly weird that our battle tactics and grand strategies don't. Sorry, sorry go ahead. I was saying if you put a Vexilar in with it as well, plus three roll, re-rollable charge in an area around it, suddenly like this MSU unit of Palowars becomes a threat. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like a shame our battle tactics and grand strategies don't reflect anything for the base based around like the Fluffway, because Gur is the return of the Draconet Empire or the Draconet people or whatever. I would have liked some battle tactics that are like based around movement, kind of like 40k, you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe we if, make it more useful that way. What if our tactic was like um, finish a charge that started more than nine inches from an enemy? All right, uh, Storm Guard. I think, and I've thought a lot about this. I think they're fine. I don't think they're overpowered. I don't think they're underpriced. I think they are fine. And I'm not going to die on this hill because uh, the models aren't out yet. So this is all just theoretical. It's all just you know playtesting, proxying, and uh, there hasn't been that much of it because I've been more excited about other units, but. I think at 285, from a list-building perspective, and for how much damage they do, I think Storm Droid Guard are an acceptable level. Prove me wrong. Like, I want to hear it. So this is purely based off of testing. I think they do need to go up. I don't. So we'll get to this later. I don't think the Reconnaissance needs to go up. I think Storm Droid Guard will need to go up at least 20, 20 to 30 points. I chose 25. I think that double breath can just do just some insane spiking. And that can create a lot of feel-bad moments for your opponent. Sure. Um, not to mention, they have some crazy utility in all the hero phase movements. So you can translocate them. You can hero phase move, breathe, breathe fire. It goes on and on. So The thing so, is, at the end of the day, they are like 18 moon monster. On a, like, if you think about it, like two models, 18 moon monster on a three-up save. And I think 285 is slightly on the lower side for that. I think they need to be 310, all three, right. 315 maybe. Let me make the case then, because I agree. It is an 18 moon monster. But what if an 18-wound monster, once it took nine wounds, lost half of its damage? Like, straight up, half of its damage is just cut off. It's gone, right? You would look at monsters very differently. And what if that monster wasn't a hero? Because we're used to hero monsters, right? They can find a tower. They can heroic recovery. They're actually 18 wounds, so that if you take 12 wounds off them, they can just heal it all back up. Storm Drake Guard take nine wounds. Yeah. That model is dead. You have to rally and hope to roll a six and, while you're not in combat. 
They'd have to restrict a way to spam them them somehow. Like it I, would have to be something like for each Knight Draconis, one unit of Storm Drake Guard becomes battle line. Like okay. not not you know Storm Drake Guard or battle line period with Knight Draconis. Because right now the problem isn't that two eighty five isn't a pr- good price point for them. The problem is if I take because we did this in the first Lords of the Storm episode. Remember that dragon spam list? Yep. It's like that spam is what annoys the crap out of people. So it's like they need to like find a way to cut the spam. So I think plus twenty five points is a way to do that. Another is yeah, for if you take one Knight Draconis, you can take one unit of Storm Drake Guard to make it battle line. Okay. So we're we're looking at two problems here as far as I can see it. One is the double mortal wind breath, which I agree is is a stupid ability because it can spike so high. On average it's not that scary. But the fact that you can just roll a bunch of D6 mortal wounds and they can be crazy high. I don't like yeah. that. I think that is the exact same problem that evocators have. And this is worse because it's before you attack. Oh, it's in the I was gonna say that. Uh, it's before you yeah. charge. It's crazy, right? Uh, it has a longer threat range. It's not restricted to melee. You can't screen it. There's a lot of issues with it, um, especially because it's like the evocator one is a lot more reliable. But this is from a longer range and it, and it can spike high. So you have to play around the threat of it, and that's not fun to play around. But I think that's not a problem mm-hmm. with the Storm Drake Guard. That's a problem with the Knight Draconis, who enables the hero phase breath attack, right? Yeah. So either they could change the Knight Draconis to make him go up. So maybe go the opposite of what you're saying. Keep the keep the guard at the same price, but increase the cost of the uh, Knight Draconis tax. Kind of like what's keeping Grand Hammers in check right now is that Lord Imperative tax. Because who knows how crazy we would have gone with Grand Like We have lists with nine Grand Hammers right now. We probably could have gone 12 or 15 if the Imperitant was, was much cheaper. Uh, maybe, yeah. I think, yeah, that's fair. So there's a lot that. of things I like about Storm Drake Guard that I don't want to see go away. I like their durability. Um, I like the fact that they are a monster so that they can do rampages and, and count for bonus victory points. Because that's another thing you have to consider is that you're giving away victory points. Like Imagine every time you kill, every time you did nine wounds to a Maw Crusher, you got a victory point. That's what we're dealing with here, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty sick. And that and those nine wounds don't get healed back up, right? Um, mm-hmm. Storm Drake Guard also are not the punchiest unit in this book. They're they're not even top three, right? Like it's got to be Grand Hammers, Fulminators, and Raptors. Storm Drake Guard are maybe top five, but probably yeah, probably they're very five. reliant on the breath. I mean, for sure, like. Yeah, you're not going to be doing melee, tons of melee damage. Yeah. Just mostly the breath that's going to be running people. So especially since it has like a shooting profile, I think. So you can unleash hell with it. So you can, yeah. Maybe what they do then yeah. is um, change Wrath of the Draconith to be a shorter range. Because one of the issues right now is, I, I assume at least, um, you, you hero phase, move your drakes up, and then you move your drakes up, and then you, the threat range is tremendous. Uh, but the problem is that you could run way too far ahead of the Knight Draconis. So maybe what they do is errata mm-hmm. the range of range of Wrath of the Dr- Draconith. So many freaking names. Uh, Wrath of the Draconith. Uh, they errata the range of that to like you have to be within three inches of the Draconis. Maybe that is enough of a limiting factor because then you have a set threat range around where the Draconis can go. Because he mm-hmm. can't do the hero phase move. I'm just thinking they'll either yeah. I think the I think I'm thinking like I just don't like War Scroll. I think the War Scroll's fine. I think both of them are fine. I think. The change needs to be like the easiest thing to do would be to make that pitch prof- uh, battle profile change. Yeah, just either I, points or make it so that you can't spam them. I like the idea that only one can be battle line per knight draconis in your army because I also like that more than uh, if the draconis is a general because it would open up options. You can mm-hmm. keep another general mm-hmm. and still bring battle line storm drake guard somehow. Yeah. And then if it would also really encourage mixing in like Krondis and Karazai alongside the draconis or two draconis if you were so inclined. Um, I, I like that mm-hmm. idea a lot more. 
And I think that would prevent the spam as well, because what we're seeing right now is there's there's a few, there's like three main ways of using the drakes in lists. One of them is you go all in on drakes, right? Like three squads, one of them reinforced, and that's the list. And that would get shut down if you made it so that the Draconis um, was a tax to make them battle line for each each unit, right? Because you'd have to bring three Draconis mm -hmm. to have three battle line Drake guard. Another way to use them is a single yep. reinforced squad of four, which um, you still bring a Draconis there so that you can double tap the breath. But I don't think that is, like, to me, that feels pointed appropriately. You're paying 900 points for that combo for four Drakes and a Draconis. I think that's fine, personally. And then there's, okay. yeah, then there's sure. the third way of running Drakes where you bring, you still bring the Storm Drake guard. Uh, you bring them like maybe a squad of two just to round out a list, right? So you don't bring a Draconis, you don't end up buffing this unit tremendously. It's just like I want a fast anvil, and then you stick that in the list. So those are the three three main ways I see people using Drake Guard, and the last two don't seem abusive to me or even oppressive. They just seem fine. And the first one I'm not convinced is very strong, but it's not fun to play against. So okay. I, I like the idea of limiting it so that the Draconis makes one unit battle line. It doesn't have to be the general. And personally, I, I, in that situation, I would keep the points the same. I don't think these guys are under-costed for what they do, but I can agree that playing against nothing but these guys is, could be a frustrating experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my main concern. It's like, just make them unspammable. Um, I think that it's, it's like, it's like you know, we keep having this talk. Is like, how is something too good? Well, it depends on how it scales and how reliable it is. If you can address the scalability in this case, and then it'd be okay. Yeah, this isn't like we're not at a situation like Seraphon are right now, where you bring three or four squads of salamanders just because they're that good, right? Like Stormdrake Guard yeah. are not salamander level good. They're good, but they're a lot more expensive, and they have combo pieces that are required to make them good. They're they're I think they're kept in check. So we're not at that level, and I don't think anything in the Stormcast book would be at that level except potentially Stormdrake Guard. So I think limiting it one battle line with the Draconis is fine. It's a good change. All right. Yeah. JJ, what are your thoughts on Drakes? You think about Drakes a lot like we do? <laughs> uh, admittedly, no. I'm focused on other things and figuring out other things right now. So well, Maybe next month then. Yep. Uh, okay. Stormstrike Chariot. 165 points seems fine. The problem with this unit, as far as I can tell, is that it's really hard to find 165 points that you want to put on a single chariot because it can't be reinforced, so it doesn't get any force multipliers. Uh, the only thing I could think of is you make it cheaper, but you can't because it's so good. The stats are just great. So make a battle yeah. line. Make a battle line in Celestial Vindicators, and then it becomes a good option. Ooh, I didn't think of that. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's deep. I like that. Mm-hmm. Could so, you imagine an alternate kit for the Stormdrake chariot, chariot that's uh, got a Celestor Ballista in it, and you use Lord of the <laughs> to make oh, that line? Yes. Oh, like yes. the uh, like the Dark Elf chariot with like a crossbow. Yeah. Like a yeah. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. I could definitely see a, a Lord Imperitant riding around in the back of one of those things. I don't know where the Griffhound <laughs> would go. Maybe he upgraded his Griffhound to the uh, the ones that are Griffhound carrying the chariot. Yeah. <laughs> Or they sorry, hit, the not the not Griff chargers. They hit level sixteen and evolved. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the idea of putting a cannon on a chariot. That would be sick. Kind of defeats the purpose, right? Like it becomes more like a war wagon than a than a battle chariot. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, given how given the model, like you have all this room on the side of the chariot where the the fighters are kind of hanging off, you could stick one can on in, on each side. I'm even surprised they're using a bow. I would have thought crossbow would have made more sense, like with the storm strike chariot and its speed. I think a lot of the Warhammer Fantasy ones use use bows. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the heroes. Let's do it. This, this is the half the army here. So, um, Knight Arcanum. I'll Let's just see. say my piece before yeah. before we. Yeah, I think all heroes except for the Knight Draconis and uh, Knight Encanter need to go down by like fifteen points. That's that's gonna be my general thing. Like I think all of our heroes are freaking overcosted, and they need to go down by like ten As, to fifteen points. Especially for what they actually do. Yeah, they're massively mm -hmm. overpriced. Yeah, it's like Game Workshop was like, oh god, we upgraded these to two damage. They'll just be wrecking things. I'm like, no, not really. They are just, they just... are drastically overvaluing a three up save when it comes to yeah. support heroes. Like, it's not yeah. that good. The way people usually kill support heroes is with sniping them, usually mortal wounds. Mm -hmm. Like a three yeah, up for save. For me, it's the flat 15, 15 point decrease for everything that isn't a Nitro bonus or Night Encanter. Mm -hmm. So okay, all right. Um, JJ here, you have you have you want the Knight Arcanum to have the sacrosanct keyword? I think so, because it makes it, sense. It's the dwarf Lord Arcanum, right? Why not make it a sacrosanct unit? Yeah. It, it should be. <laughs> it definitely yeah. should be. Um I think 20 points for Knight Arcanum. I would like to see it 10 points below the Encantor. I think the Encantor spending 125 points for a Dispel Scroll is fine. That's a really cool thing our army does. I don't want to see that changed. I also want there to be an option for a cheap wizard. So 115 points. This is the I have I want to bring the cheapest wizard possible. Here you go. That's that's the niche. Doesn't require changing her terrible, terrible war scroll. Just make her cheap and she's playable. Yep. Cheap I think that, yeah, we'll get to the Night Relictor, but I want Night Relictor and uh, Knight Archonum to basically be the, the cheap utility yeah, niche. Exactly. Uh, Knight Azeros, I want two changes. I want to keep him at 120 points, and I want to make him worth 120 points. Um, so I would like to see the Light of Sigmar. Right now, I think it's you have to pick a unit within 8 inches. Make it 10 inches. That doesn't seem like much, but then it would allow you to use it out of Science of the Storm like you could in 1st edition. So that seems like a no-brainer. And... Um, in addition to that, instead of just giving you plus one to hit against that unit, it's a light, it's blinding, it also gives the enemy minus one to hit. Seems like a pretty straightforward change to make. Little piece of utility, you can give one unit minus one while you have plus one against it. And yeah, then would, uh, Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say um, most of what I said sort of lines up with yours. I would just maybe add like a bonus to charge for Guiding Light. Hmm, that would be neat. Yeah, plus one to charge uh, while you're around the Azeros, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're um, I think they're specifically trying not to give us bonuses to charge, because uh, they gave us the the seven inch scions with grand hammers and whatnot. So, I, I would love to see it, but I don't think they're going to do it. And and yeah. the reason I especially love it because in first edition the Azeros had this ability to make you uh, when you when you use like I think it was called lightning strike back then. It wasn't called scions of the storm, but when you Dropped in from reserve, you could specifically go anywhere wholly within five inches of the Azuros. Not wholly, just within five. Um, so it was this uh, this unit that would guide you into combat. So I, it would be cool if they brought that back. Yeah, plus one to charge aura around him would be really sick. Maybe just like pick one unit and it gets plus one to charge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Margonki went with 15 points down. Yep, makes sense. I would I would consider playing him at 105 because he is uh, fast. You can give him an arcane tome. He, he becomes a nice little utility piece. Uh, Knight Draconis. I think we talked about this one into the ground already. Let's not bring it up again. <laughs> um, Knight Heraldor. Uh, this is another hero that I don't think needs to get cheaper. I just want to see them have an ability that's useful. And the ability I would like to see the Knight Heraldor have is once per game, you can use on the double on three Stormcast units at the same time. And on the double is uh, run six. Now, I don't think this would be overpowered because Stormcast, um, they don't have the ability to use run and charge in anything. They, they have it once and it has to be issued with a holy command. And that holy command is a received command, which means a unit cannot receive on the double and steadfast march at the same time. Um, so yeah, Knight Heraldor making three units run six. It fits with what he used to do without breaking the game. Makes him worth 105 points, I think. Just once per game, you just push three units up the board. And yep. uh, you wrote, make Heraldor great again. Just do something. He needs anything, really, at this point. Yeah, he was such a good model in second edition, man. What a shame. Yep. Yeah. Heraldor just is a weird place. And Cantor is in a good place. No changes needed there, I think. Uh, Knight Judicator. Yeah. I'm coming around on him. I don't think he's... I still think he's overpriced a little bit, but I don't want to see any changes to him just yet. Uh, I kind of want to wait and see on that one. Um, 15 points down from Mergonk. And yeah, let's just let him... Let's, let's, let's just see what he does. Uh, Knight Questor. I think we should just retire him. Just take him out of the book. He's one of these like side board game models that they put in the book, and I wish they would stop putting them in the book. I don't want to try to make new him useful. Him. What? And making new sculpts for him? <laughs> yeah, there's like a million Knight Questors, man. Maybe that's why they keep him in there, just so that when they sell these models, they can say, oh, well, you can use it in the game. Look, it's just use the Knight Questor War Scroll, even though you don't have a shield. Just use it. <laughs> Uh, Knight Relictor, I would like to see him at 115 points, make him a cheap priest, and then the fact that he has maybe the worst war scroll in the game doesn't even matter, because Stormcast prayers are so good, and spending 115 points instead of 145 on a Relictor, and a Lord Relictor, that could be enough to make him playable. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only reason I say do something, and I don't give a recommendation, is... I just found when I was doing my notes, a lot of my recommendations came down to point drops. So just doing something unique with him uh, that distinguishes him from the uh, Lord Relicture would be nice. Uh, I think he. I think his niche is fine. The ignore prayers thing, like it's not very useful, but I think it. Like like I said before, I think his niche just needs to be cheap priest. Yeah. I would take him as cheap priest. Like there's been lots of list times where I'm making lists and you know, I don't really need the Lord Relictors two up prayer guarantees. I think I'd be okay with the three up and spend the point somewhere else. So mm -hmm. another way they could go is uh this is a radical idea, I know, but give him a war scroll prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't I'm he surprised have that, one? Yeah, I'm surprised it's not the case. Because even the Arcanum, I think, has like a war scroll prayer. It's kind of like a lightning blast but targeted. Yeah, yeah, she has a spell. This guy doesn't even have his own prayer. But he has a mace. Did you guys see the mace? Three attacks? 
Rend one, bro. <laughs> so sick. Six damage max. It's going to ruin people at 140 points. Oh, God. Points. It's so good. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> All right. If you guys were to design a prayer for this guy, off the top of your head, what would it be? Hmm. Because he's he's got this uh, four-up ignore against prayers. It makes me wonder, what if he had a prayer to give a unit a five-up ignore against spells? That's where my thoughts go. I could see that. Um, yeah, like if you want to keep it sort of fluffy as for what he does, yeah, like a five-up spell ignore would make the most sense. I'd honestly want like an offensive prayer. Like go like the Rune Lord, increase the rend of one strong cast unit by one. Mm. Shooting in melee or or both or what? Uh, melee only. Shooting melee would be too only. good. Okay, so rend three fulminators is what you want. Rend three fulminators. <laughs> rend two. Rend two liberators. Why not? Sure, make it a six. Yeah, because you you have to choose, right? It's, it's not a double prayer yep. priest. You have to choose between that and like translocation or whatever else you're doing. Well, maybe that's a route you go: is you make him able to chant two prayers per turn, but only one of them one of them has to be universal and one of them has to be a stormcast prayer. Mm-hmm. That could be. An uh, I could also give him like an offensive prayer, like sort of like the lightning storm thing that the relictor has, but sort of like an, in an area of effect, like. Mm. I like that. Everything, like instead of being an 18-inch targeted D3 mortal wounds and a minus one to hit, it could be like everything that's within uh, nine inches takes D3 mortal wounds on a two-up. Maybe just like everything within nine inches, like an aura activates nine inches. Enemy units within it have minus one to hit. Yeah, I would. I'd be okay with that too. Yeah. There's so much they could do with him, but they just they did nothing. <laughs> uh, Knight Venator. So I think in this case, this model is so bad. And it's overcosted. I I thought it needs a point drop and it needs a unique utility. Uh, so what I went with was 25 point drop down to 150, and once per game he can issue Unleash Hell for free because he's a shooting guy. It kind of makes sense. It's still not enough to make him playable, but you feel less stupid for bringing him. And then Morganka. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Went, not? I mean, I, I'm going for points drops. I just feel like. It's like some war scrolls. Like I'm okay with not playing some war scrolls. Like I'm, I'm over the night vendor. I don't want to fix him. I'd rather fix some other things. But um, yeah, I think I think it's fine. So mm-hmm. uh, Vexilor, I went with no point drop, and I went with units nearby can also reroll run, and I think that's really interesting in the context of our current army where you have steadfast march but no way to reroll it. I think this. Paying 120 points, I think people would do that just to get a reroll on Steadfast March. Like you're putting all these resources into this one ability, but we're so lacking in mobility that I think people would be willing to do it. JJ, you had a really sick idea here, man. Yeah, just uh, give one of the Vexlers or both Vexlers, doesn't really matter. Uh, give them an extra die out in the charge. Makes that banner really, really good. Yeah, a 3d6 charge, even like. It doesn't have to be an 18-inch max. It could still be, like, it could be 3d6 drop one. It could be um, 3d6 period. Yeah, I think that's really sick. As an aura, it might be too strong. You know, like, everything around him getting a 3d6 charge might be too strong. But maybe, like, pick one unit and give it a 3d6. Yeah. That, that's really good. That's a really cool idea. Uh, the healing banner. Um, I don't like the healing banner. The, the, the model is sick, but there's a... Yeah. It's just the ability is so lackluster because it's once per game, it's uh, 3d3 healing, 
And if you have any wounds on you, it has to heal first, and then it starts reviving models. So it's really bad on Stormcast. And it's also D3 based, which means it doesn't, you know, most Stormcast units are multiples of two or three. We don't have any one wound models. So you can just have this waste effectively. It's really bad. Uh, so what I would like to do is Andrasta has these abilities to revive models and become immune to Battleshock. I think those abilities make more sense on the Knight Vexilor. Get rid of his weird healing ability, and just every turn, all you're doing is you're ignoring Battleshock, and you're reviving a model, and you're rerolling charge. And that is a sick unit for 160 points. I would bring that. That's interesting. Yeah, half the points of Andrasta without the offensive ability, but yep. just her support ability. That's a very good, uh, that's a good pick. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another 15-point drop from you. Uh, Knight Zephyros, I actually increased her points in this case because I want to see her deal bonus damage against heroes in melee. So instead of six attacks... You on mean their second edition War Scroll, basically? Pretty much, yeah. But this time, if you remember the artifacts I was suggesting, they could actually be really good assassins because they could teleport, they can hope for a nine-inch charge, and then they can do 12 damage in melee on Rend 1, mind you. It's not very good, but... Uh, I went with a 20-point increase to justify that because it is effectively doubling her damage. So maybe 20 points is enough, uh, especially when you consider how good I made the artifacts in our army because you can reroll hits and wounds. So her <laughs> six attacks, three threes, full rerolls, two damage apiece is a nice little sniper. Yeah, I sure. I still wouldn't play her, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, but like, yeah. But yeah. Still, it's a, it's a good, cute little niche, I think. Um, Lord Aqualor. He's totally useless right now. Even if they gave him the Vanguard keyword, I think he needs a significant point drop. The Vanguard playstyle doesn't make sense, and he's the centerpiece of it, but not really because he doesn't really do that much. So, yeah, 30-point cost drop. He, he needs a lot. Yep. Um, I don't even know where to start with him. I liked how he played in second edition a lot. I really liked that play style. You could ping pong units back and forth around the table. You could never really get tied down. And you just maybe bring that back. I don't know. Maybe like a summoning. Like he can summon a unit of Griffhounds or something. Yeah. A free unit of Griffhounds would help. Yeah. Or maybe every or like, turn. <laughs> no, not every turn. Or like something like either you can summon two units of Griffhounds to the battlefield when you set him up, or you can set up two units of Aether Wings when you set him up. So, something, I don't know, like an allure. Because, yeah, he just doesn't have a purpose in the game. I like I that. I like that ability a lot. Yeah, when the game starts, you can choose either set up two units of Griffhounds or two units of Aetherwings. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, all the Arcanums, I think the Lord Arcanums should all be 15 points cheaper from where they currently are. This is not assuming with, with how I want um, Cycle the Storm to change. This is like assuming Cycle the Storm stays the same. I want to see all of these guys go down 15 points because they're all massively overpriced wizards. Same. Same. I think if they don't make them two cast wizards, they all need to go down 20. I'm going to be more aggressive with the points decrease. I, I like the idea of making them all two spells because it would really help differentiate them from our other wizards who have clearly defined niches, right? Like the Knight Arcanum would be the cheapest one. The Knight and Cantor has the Dispel Scroll and then the Lord Arcanum's all cast two spells. So that would be a cool way to differentiate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I also noted here uh, your idea for changing Cycle of the Storm. If you had that new Cycle of the Storm, you'd be okay with casting, or sorry, their, their current point values? I think so. I think it'd be worth a shot at that, because that gives them some, like, castle utility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Castellan, small point drop is all he needs. Good model, but very 
niche in what he does. And uh, it's hard to justify paying 155 points for plus one save. It just feels too expensive. And if they reduce the cost of uh, a lot of our support heroes, I think it opens the door to a lot more builds. They just all feel overpriced. I'm totally in agreement with you on that. I don't want to see him get stronger. I don't want to see the lantern become more of a thing. I just want him to be a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord I Celestine. I like your Lord Celestine. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might. I thought you might. So once per round, I, I increased the cost of Lord Celestine a little bit. And I gave him, because right now he has the ability to um, give a unit all-out attack for free. And I thought, well, he's the Lord Celestine. He's the leader of the chamber. He's the tactical genius and warrior frontline guy, right? So once per round, allow him to issue all-out attack or all-out defense to two different Stormcast units at the same time. I yeah, you took this, a page out of the Mawcrusher book. Yes, I like that. very much. It definitely feels on point for what a Lord Celestine should be doing. He's directing battle from the front line. Um, I don't know how exactly you'd have to word this ability, if it would be like, when you use all-out attack and shooting, it has to go to another unit using all-out attack and shooting, or two units in combat. I don't know how you'd have to figure it out, but uh, yeah, I just like the idea. No, it could, it could just no, it could just be a co- carbon copy of the Mokrasha ability, where you can issue all-out attack again, but the second time you issue it to someone, you can you don't have to use a command point. Yeah, and you can do that once per round. You know. Yep. So not once per turn, once per round. So the Imperitant still has some unique utility, and I think that combined with his surprisingly good melee attacks. Like, the Lord Celestin actually slaps when he gets in melee. He does good damage. Um, it is rent one, mind you, so it's not great, but uh, those sixes on, on hit, that's a nice effect. Um, yeah, that so hurts. Ten extra points. I want to see the Lord Celestin be a little bit more elite, more of a leader. Um, similar to the one on Dracoth, give him the exact same ability. You know, once per round, you can give this to two different units. And I think still make him a bit cheaper. <laughs> Lord Celestin on Dracoth is really overpriced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Exorcist, I don't <laughs> want to see him get cheaper. I want to see him gain the Priest keyword, because I would pay 170 points for a free Arcane Tome, effectively. See, that's interesting. I just like when I think of his fluff. If he's like the anti-death wizard, like what's this thing? Like no resurrection within nine. I think that's worth maybe like one four. 150 is still pretty high. I think I think he's fine. I don't think he needs Priest. He's part of the Sacrosanct Chamber. He's a wizard. Let him be. I think he's just 170 is too high. I think they overvalue that ability. Like maybe if death comes back in a big way with resurrection, maybe that'd be a problem. But I can't ever see myself playing. Uh, sorry, paying 150 for that. I'd rather just like kill them. So paying 140 or 150 would be fine. I could see that, but uh, the problem is that he's competing against other wizards, right? So I can't see him ever going in a list. Um, he would have to be the cheapest wizard, and then what's the Knight Arcanum going to do? Hmm. Maybe they could make it like a 115, 120, 125 situation. Maybe. I just I think he gets so niche at that case. I think the only way to make him better and usable is to give him some unique thing. The Actually, reduction. make him 130. You know why? Because A, he has the anti-death thing. B, he is a lord, so he gets higher range on your spells. Okay. I can see that, yeah. Paying 15 points over in Arcanum to get a lord instead of a, a knight. And mm-hmm. that maybe once in a while you stop models from reviving. I could see that. Uh, Lord Imperitant, small point drop. Bring him back to what he was in in Dominion, pretty much. He was fine in Dominion. There was no reason to jack him up. Yeah. Uh, Ordinator, you went with a small drop. I didn't because my change to the Ballista, I think, is justified. Um, If the Ordinator has the ability to activate Unleash Hell on all Ballista within some distance of him, then, yeah, keep him at 130. He's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Relictor, you specifically suggested Lord Relictor should get a point drop, and that's intriguing because he is, without a doubt, the best hero in the book. Like every list, 
almost every list has him. Uh, I think yeah, but when I, uh, okay, when I think of him at a hundred points, he was better in a way in second edition because you could like spam prayers or not spam prayers, but you got the war school prayer, then you got the book prayer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's gone. He is a really good like hero. I just one forty five is still pretty high. It's it's a um, consistent problem across the book where support heroes are expensive, and I'll agree with you there. But I think in just the plus one to prayer with how good our prayers are, I think 145 is is worth it. If we had bad prayers, I'd agree with you. But, that's fair. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. take it. I don't think I, I wouldn't be sad <laughs> to see him get a point drop, right? Like, um, considering he is six wounds, yeah. three up save, right? Like 130 feels about right. But yeah, that plus one to chanting is so good, man. Yeah. Uh, Veritant, um, JJ here. You wrote to give him an unbind bonus, and I'm I'm right there with you because that's he used to have an unbind bonus. He has he used to have like a little dog. Him and the dog were different models, and if yep. if any Griffhound unit was within a certain range of an enemy, the Veritant would get a bonus to unbinding that enemy, and I thought that was awesome. The Griffhound was rooting around finding evil, and that made it easier for the Veritant to do his job. So I would very much like to see some form of that come back. And in this case, what I wrote here is is plus two to unbind and dispel if he is within 18 inches of the target. So if he's trying to unbind a wizard, if he's within 18, he gets a bonus to unbind. Or if he's within 18 of an endless spell, he can add two to unbinding it. Or dispelling it, I mean. And make him 140 points. So five points less than Relictor, but he has this cool utility that the Relictor doesn't have. Because this would be in addition to his prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake's Sworn Templar, I went really aggressive on the point cuts on the two Star Drakes because it is really hard to fit them in lists. Really, really hard. Um, and, and the fact that their lists got worse because of the menagerie change, to me, really makes them seem like they should be worth. I don't want them to get under 400 points because I don't want other armies to start allying them in because they are like an iconic yeah. Stormcast unit. Um, so I think 420 for the Drake's Sworn and 450 for the Celestin seems about right. Uh, kind of, um, yeah. I kind of agree with your your take, JJ. They just give the Drake Sworn a three plus save again. <laughs> just yep. do it. There's no reason for him not to have it. All right, unique heroes. Um, Astraea Soulbright. She is a Lord Arcanum. She should go down 15 points. Uh, that's about as far as I get to thinking about her. It's really hard to consider when to use her because her ability is so specific to Sacrosanct. So like, make Sacrosanct units better. She gets better. That seems pretty obvious. Uh, you did your typical <laughs> thing to cast two spells or revive a model or a big point cut. Like something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Aventus, pretty much the same thing, right? 300, 325 points is too much for that model. Uh, Storm Sires Curse Breakers, I think they are fine at 230 because they're an alternative to the Knight and Cantor. They could be cheaper, but frankly, I just don't care that much. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I just put it there because I think a lot of heroes need to go down. But I just, it's, like I yeah. said, I don't care about Warman that much. Yeah, uh, Celestin Prime. I would like to see Celestin Prime a little bit cheaper. He just feels just slightly too expensive. So I want to see him at three hundred. Uh, JJ, you, you've got some. You've got some strong opinions about Celestin Prime. Let's hear him. Yeah, he just doesn't feel where he should be personally. Uh, amongst the inconsistencies with the lore. He carries the Warhammer, make him feel like he's carrying the Warhammer. Right now, Bastion feels a bit more potent than he does right now. Um, so make him a threat upon initial deployment. Give him the seven attacks out the bat. Maybe if you are putting him in reserve, 
uh, make him do the impact mortals like uh, Annihilator's Wood or something like that. Oh, that'd be sick. He used to have he used to have an ability where he came into play, all enemies around would have a, a bravery modifier. I think minus one or minus two. I think it was minus, minus two. two. Yeah, and that was, it was that felt two. right. Yeah, but so yeah, like he comes down and enemies lose hope. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Bastion doing more damage than Galmaraz is unacceptable to me. <laughs> it's so stupid. They also um, could have led with like four base attacks, you know, like yep. instead of three. Maybe just plus one attack. Um, yeah, that, that could be enough to fix him. But the fact that he can't stay in reserve on rounds four and five, where he used to be able to do that, that's a burn as well. I don't like that. Just like yeah. really sticking it to us. Mortals on the charge. Attacks. I like the mortals on the charge idea a lot because he's got all these comets swirling around him and the fact that they're only used to change one dice roll. I think that's a good effect, but aesthetically it seems like all the swirling meteors should do a lot of damage with whatever they come into contact with. Yep. Maybe he could do... Maybe the, give him the monster keyword? Maybe. Ah, uh, no. No, I don't think so. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it to be worth a victory point. Yeah. Uh, Gardas, he's perfect. Don't make any changes, please. For oh, yes. this is, yeah, sorry, I should have said Gardas. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah, I don't want... Never mind. Take, I take that back. The minus 15. Take it, take it back. For the love fine. of God, nobody make any changes to Gardas now or ever, please. He is perfect, and, and he done nothing wrong. Don't hurt my boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavriel Sherhart. Ugh, look how they massacred my boy. Yeah. So bad. Um, so I think he should be like a super Lord Celestant, but specifically for the Hammers of Sigmar. So I had this idea of using all-out attack on two units, so let Gabriel Sherhart use it on three units. And I also wrote here once per turn rather than once per round. So he becomes super efficient at giving your army plus one hit and plus one save. And I think that is worth a 15-point increase. Fair. I can I can uh, agree with that. Maybe more. Maybe uh, 160, like Gardas. Make him the Gardas of Hammers. That would be cool. Sure. Um, yeah. Bastion. We're all... I just want generic Lord Commander. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I think he's fine. I think I, I don't think any of I, I count him as a prime, so I count Indrasta him and Celestin Prime as the three primes. I think none of them can really be below 300. I think 300 is fine. Yeah. I think Indrasta could be. It's <laughs> just not that good. <laughs> Um, Neve Black Talon so with the Knight Zephyros I gave them plus one damage against uh, heroes in melee and I went one step further with Neve Black Talon because she's like you know mega assassin lady right so I thought Mm -hmm. plus one damage and you get to fight first if you're fighting a hero I like that yeah that's pretty damn cool right you would even bring her outside of Hammers of Sigmar because that's just yeah because she's independent she doesn't care about being Hammers really yeah she is but yeah so I think that thematically and, and in terms of gameplay, it makes a lot of sense for her. And I would actually consider using that. A fight first, uh, six attacks, on th- or is she seven? Let's just say six attacks. Um, seven. Three, seven, okay. So she gives up an artifact, can't take that. But yeah, potentially 14 damage on a fight first against a hero. Seems good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vandis Hammerhand, I think he's okay at 215, but I definitely see an argument for making him cheaper because he's... The reason I say that is because like he's just a different Lord Celestin, can't take crates and artifacts. Yeah. You're not going to take a Lord Celestin and him. So like just I don't know. For minus fifteen. The like, unique characters, in my opinion, should be cheaper than their uh, generic dates cost. Mm. Okay. Like not by much. It could be like five, ten, fifteen points in that range. But yeah. I can see it. I can see it. 
uh, Andrasta. So <laughs> I think she could be less than 200 <laughs> points. And I think she could be stronger than she currently is while being less yeah, than Yeah, you want her points. to be a beat stick. Yeah, I do. Okay. So yeah. here's what I did with Andrasta. I made her 280. So she's the cheapest of all these like, you know, demigod models that we have. Uh, remove all her support abilities because it really, nothing in her model and nothing in her fluff suggests that she would be reviving models around her and granting a Battleshock immunity aura. That doesn't make any sense. What she is all about in terms of looking at the model and looking at her story, she is fast. She's got these wings that carry her around. She's supposed to be mobile and she's, she's supposed to be aggressive, right? So Get rid of her support nonsense. Give that to the Knight Vexilor with the, the healing banner. Give her two mm. more attacks in melee so she's actually a threat when she gets in melee instead of just like bouncing off people. And give her the ability to retreat, run, shoot, and charge. So you just can never tie her down. She's got these really cool wings, and the only thing they do is give her a 12-inch fly move. That's not enough. You know, these That's an iconic part of the model. Make it really obvious when you look at this model that, oh, I'm never tying this thing down. It's going to fly around and do whatever it wants. Okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, I feel like they should never have taken the support. I think the Celeste and Prime should have been more like Andrasta. I agree. And uh, I definitely agree because I want Celeste and Prime to be this like beat stick, right? But I also really like the flavor of Celeste and Prime coming into battle at the end of the day and, and saving the day, right? Like things are getting dire and, and you're down and he comes in at the last second and saves the day. I've loved that about Celeste and Prime forever. So if we're going to have this just flying beat stick, let Andrasta do that and let Celestin Prime keep his uh, more narrative focused thing. Sure. And uh, let's talk about our, our, our big dragons here. So you gave me like minus 20 across the board. I think you can go a lot cheaper on the two big dragons. Um, especially I was Primus. a little bit conservative because they're new models and I haven't gotten to test them, so I don't really know. But the yeah, Calamitous, I can see minus 40. The Calamitous Tail is so freaking strong. I really I hesitate to say we should drop the points of Krondus by a hundred, but yeah, he's just really really expensive. It's really hard to find six hundred points on a list for Krondus because he's not strong enough uh, in terms of damage. Output. Yeah, my my problem is ward saves. Like yeah. every unique character we have is some sort of like weird defense against mortal wounds or like specifically like spells or like some kind of you know like those abilities. And he doesn't. He's just a really good beat stick with a plus three to cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something I was thinking about today. It was so weird because I'm looking at the Storm Drake Guard and they have a four up spell ignore uh, because they're Draconith, right? It's the lineage of the Draconith. It's in their blood mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you look at the big Draconith and they don't have the ability to ignore spells on a four up. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Give them that yeah. and I would pay, I would say 600 points, sure. But um, yeah, the fact that they're just 18 wounds on a three up and you have to pay all these points into them to make them really good. And Karaza, I feel like, pays that out pretty well, right? Like, you give him. A Gardas to give him a ward, you give him all these buffs, and he actually feels good to buff up. Krondus doesn't have that going for him, right? Because he's just yeah, especially up. after the Celestial Menagerie change, I think minus mm -hmm. forty at least is a warranted, like if not more. I think minus forty is the floor, and then you could possibly do more than that. I went heavy, you know, I went minus a hundred because uh, he's just not that impressive to me. I could see mm -hmm. like if he costs the same amount as a Star Drake currently costs, I could probably have some fun with him. Uh, Karazai also sure. feels a little overcosted. I went 10% down on him, so minus 60. Maybe that's a bit much. Maybe Karazai will actually end up being really, really, really good and not just like a Timmy piece that's going to charge up the middle of the board with all the buffs and, and smash everything. But yeah, I I want these guys to be good, so 
undercost them sure let's undercost them because i just want them to be playable i want stormcast to have actual god models that they can use yeah that's fair and that wraps this up that's our uh, stormcast wishlisting video that we've been hyping up for how long has it been weeks like a month (laughs) (laughs) it's good to get it all off the chest skip getting pushed back yeah it, it did, man, because every time we thought about doing it, it was like, oh, maybe the FAQ is coming out. We should do a video about that. And then it was like, oh, people keep requesting we do, uh, you know, like how to build a list and how to counter certain things. And we just kept pushing it back and back and back. And uh, I, I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm, glad it materialized finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, because uh, we kept opening up polls to our patrons and being like, hey, which video do you guys want to see next? And like nobody voted for this one. Like we're the only ones that want to do it. <laughs> Uh, but coming up, um, we've got some stuff that people are going to like, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a new series coming, which I'm calling How to Counter Everything. And it won't, it, it's going to be a series because I thought I'd make like one video and talk about like every common meta threat right now in the tournament scene. And then I started looking at how many lists I wanted to include. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a long video. It's going to be like three hours, but we've done long videos. It's not a big deal. And then I and then I started looking into like how much detail I actually wanted to put into these videos. And I'm like, there's no way. This this has to be like a series, like a Netflix miniseries. You know, <laughs> like this is huge. Um, we've already got the first one drafted. It's going to be, should I tell them which one it is? Okay. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, we've got it drafted. I can say that it recently placed very well in tournaments, so I think it's going to be very relevant. Um, we're really, I'm really excited about this series because I like talking about how to beat certain things. Um, so we've got that coming, and I'm still working on the video for Stormcast as coalition units in Cities of Sigmar. Um, spoiler, Living City is disgusting. And not just because of <laughs> not just because of fulminators, deep strike charging. There's a lot of good stuff in the cities of Sigmar. Uh, we also have our first live stream coming up December second, nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's already posted on YouTube, so check it out. You can hit that little button there, and it'll tell you to give you a reminder. I think I don't know how YouTube works. I'm I'm, I'm new to all this, so yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like uh, being able to discuss actual tournaments and how we play them. Yeah, yeah Morgan and I will both be off of, uh, fresh off of some tournaments then. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I can finally start uh, putting my thoughts together about how I want our battle reports to turn out. I have a specific vision in mind, things that I really want to put into them that I think are lacking from the space. Um, so we'll we'll talk all about that during our live stream. So feel free to tune in. Uh, and if you can't do it because you're asleep, because you live uh, in an inferior time zone, then check out <laughs> the next day because the VOD will be posted immediately. On the hobby side of things, we still have our uh, hangouts every week for uh, different t- uh, time zones. So, North America, we got you covered in uh, Wednesday evenings, uh, Saturday afternoons for you lovely European folk, and then Sunday afternoons for the Aussies. Come yep. hang out. It's a good time. Yeah, we just do them in Discord. So, check the video description, and you can find a link to our Discord. Jump in there and, and come hang out. We just paint models and, and shoot the shit. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the stuff we talked about today was discussed in some point or another during our hobby hangouts with the the community. So, Yep. I've had to bite my tongue a lot because anytime people think of ideas, I'm like, oh, we've got this great one coming up in the wishlisting video. Just wait. But uh, I wanted to try to hold on to as many ideas as I could. Um, 
battle reports, uh, as I just mentioned, I have a specific vision, and we're going to start talking about them during the live stream on December 2nd. And we're hoping to get the first one out after Christmas. I'm not sure exactly when, because with uh, American Thanksgiving and the holidays and New Year's and everything coming up, it's it's getting, getting hectic. Uh, so after Christmas is what we're promising, and I mean, technically after Christmas until the end of time is, you know, that's a, a time period that my promise would fall under, but not that long after Christmas, maybe January sometime. Uh, to facilitate that, uh, consider supporting us on Patreon or Subscribestar. Uh, we're using all the revenue from this to supplement the cost of very expensive audio and visual equipment that we need for this. We've finished renovating my basement so that we have a space to play all the time that is not going to get interrupted by viruses of indetermined origin. Uh, and we're looking on feedback for what you guys want to see uh, if you do support us. So let us know what you want. We have some ideas kicking around. Uh, we want to really give back to you guys because we really do appreciate what we're getting. Um, we do this as a hobby and we want to keep doing it. And the, your support allows us to justify the time we spend doing this instead of painting our models, <laughs> for example. <laughs> Uh, and to that end, uh, we got some new pat uh, patrons, and uh, we'd like to thank you so much. Champasaur, Sleepout, Marcus Pfefferkorn, Ryan Jones, Nick Riley, Pavel Raman, Marcus, LT, Spartan, Tel706, Andre Menendez, Red Room Mage, Lentite, Colic, Grogs, Hot Bear, Bulka, Water Frogs, Rending, Combat, Tim Anderson, Necrith, Nick Barber, Dignica, Jack Geiger, Jace, Kibitzen, Ungers, Charger, Standwise, Reaper Time, Freda, Mark Knight, and Dungeon Master. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, we uh, hope to keep the quality of content to keep you guys with us and we appreciate everything uh just like your enthusiasm and uh watching and listening to our ramblings yeah that that thank you to everybody who's, i just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's actually subscribing right now this is actually our first thing after hitting a thousand so the subs so yeah yeah hitting a thousand was great i went out uh with my fiance and i bought a little cake <laughs> to celebrate it was a stupid little thing <laughs> but uh no it it means a lot to us um, that you guys are really enjoying this content, that you're finding it interesting and entertaining, hopefully entertaining and hopefully interesting. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you in the next one. See you guys.